this is all I've thought about for like six days. It's just this fucking movie. So yeah, no last because I watched it. I watched it yesterday, last night, and uh-huh. like for f- at least a few hours, I was just kind of like stuck in that space of like trying to make sense of it all. Uh huh. Uh, I don't know that I got there. I've, I reached some <laughs> conclusions that I think have helped me kind of accept what happened to me um, uh-huh. yeah. and process it. But I don't know if I'll ever be the same. Truly. I watched it on Wednesday night, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like since then I've been thinking about it like mm-hmm. pretty much daily. Like I've just kind of <laughs> been thinking about the movie and like what it did. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it's... It's really bad, and it's not... It's bad in a way I didn't expect, which yes. I said to you. Like, yes. it's not... It's, like, shocking to the viewer, and it's intended to be shocking. So it shows mm-hmm. you a lot of shocking, horrific things, which for some reason I wasn't expecting it to be that kind of movie for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't in the right headspace for that. I was kind of in like a green book headspace because that's what we paired it with. So I was like, right, this is going to be like green book, a very corny, shitty movie where most of the stuff that's shitty about it is like the context off screen. And like the on screen movie is like crap, but it's sort of shiny crap. So you kind of understand why white people like it. Right. But but this movie, 2004's Crash, Mm -hmm. is I don't know why anyone liked this movie. Yeah, that was really what I was struggling most with, was trying to process, yeah. like, where did the the early critical adoration for this come from? Yeah. Because um, it didn't really get much of a backlash until it had actually won Best Picture. Um, I feel and like then there people... were some low rumblings of it yeah, with the nomination. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough because, like, in 2004, I was much younger, and I was, Same. like... I was graduating. I just graduated high school. So like, it's not like I was super tapped into like what the movie critical sphere was saying and thinking. (laughs) So like as a teenager, I remember people talking about this movie and being like, oh, it's fucked up that this movie is probably going to win and that Brokeback Mountain won't win. That was like most of the the conversation was at the time. Um, Right. But that was like just the angry teenagers I knew. And I never saw the movie I just heard it was bad and I never really bothered with it, but Mm -hmm, I kind of thought I knew what it was and I super did not know what it was. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, my understanding of Crash, I knew it was bad. Um, And like Paul Tompkins was roasting me a little bit on Twitter (laughs) last night because I... I Friend of the show, PFT. Friend of the show, shout out. I was like really reacting uh, in a way I didn't expect. I was very (laughs) upset by what I was seeing and he was like, didn't you know? Like, didn't people (laughs) warn you? Didn't you know what was going to happen? I didn't no I I couldn't have guessed how bad like this is I think this is worse than The Departed I think this is maybe the worst movie we've seen yeah I think so too I think so I'm comfortable with like making that call you know I don't know why we did this I I don't know why we've done this to ourselves like it's like we we keep seeing new movies that are somehow worse than what are we doing what are we What we're doing you is we're, we're doing. This is let's watch two movies, baby. <laughs> this is a podcast where we watch two movies. That's, That's what we're doing. What we've done. Watching movies is fun, but why only watch one when you could watch two and hear us talk them through? We'll pick a pair of flicks on similar topics, then we'll tell you our analyses. Let's watch two. I don't know. I'm. You're Maddie. I'm Maddie. 
I'm, I'm, I'm Mary Ellen. I'm upset about what we've done here. You know, I was already upset. pretty pissed off about Green Book. Yeah. And then after we recorded that ep, it won the Oscar, and I was really mad about it. And I'm still mad about it, actually. Yeah. I agree with all those things. Um, and, and then think- we watched Crash after that. So it's just right. kind of like a rolling month of anger that we've decided <laughs> we're going to experience together. We've done yeah. this. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's, it's important to, to, I like that we've tied this to Green Book because yeah. what it says is this shit that was getting held up and praised way back when mm-hmm. it continues. And yeah. it's important, I think, for us to deconstruct why that is and why, uh, let's say, white people mostly um, uh-huh. dig this shit uh, and, and what they get out of it and what they're seeing. Um, mostly and- just reinforcement. They Like, what they get out of it is, you're fine. That that seems to be what it is. I well, I've... I actually have a theory. This is okay, what I was okay. processing this whole thing last night. This is this is my working theory because I know you know we talked about this a little bit in the Green Book episode where uh-huh. there's a, a strain of white liberalism that likes to engage with these kind of movies because they can see obvious instances of like racist behavior right. and can say, oh, I'm above that. I'm not like that. Therefore, not racist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's something else going on where they believe that these portrayals of of racist behavior, they think that it is what racism is, first of all, which yeah. it's not. Um, and they think that by sitting down and contending with this and watching this movie, they are doing moral good. Because racism is this interpersonal behavioral issue that's mostly about, you know, not... It, it's like an impulse that has to be controlled. And so if you if you sit down and watch this movie and yeah. think about your own behavior and kind of reflect and, and say, wow, what a bad time. You are doing moral good. You're doing the work of combating racism because that's what racism is. Right. So like I you watched I, a movie and you felt bad for a couple hours and by feeling yes. bad, you've achieved something. Exactly. I think I think it's it's like a penance. Uh, it's it's they think that they're. A, contending with actual racism, and B, by doing that, they're doing something good. And I think that's where the appeal is in in some of these films. I think it, people actually think this is this is a good thing to contend yeah. with this material. But it's not. It's completely <laughs> pointless, and it shouldn't right. exist, and it's just sh- shit for shit's sake. It's yes. the worst of that. It's, it's <laughs> right. just it's depicting horrific things at you, and then it yeah. ends. And it's yes. and what what are you meant to take from it? But I, I think it's myself. It, it's a much more comfortable vision yeah. of racism for white people because oh, yeah, because you can definitely watch this movie and well, okay. So the other weird thing about this movie is that every single person in it is racist? Yes, to another race that isn't their own, and so yes. it presents the world as though that's just a thing we've all got going on like yeah like every character every character in the movie and there's no sense of like okay yes but the white characters are the ones who have all the institutional power and money in the movie like that's also the case here but it's like not really addressed formally it's not by examined the in any meaningful way yeah. um, and i think i think the way the film presents it is like, for example, a white cop molesting a black woman is presented as equal to, like, a black woman not being fair to a white cop who wants insurance. Yeah. Like, it's it's Which like every is, every act is equal. That's 
that's in the movie Fucking by the absurd. way like what yeah. what's the situation the insane situation mary ellen just described is the yeah. movie that is the plot of the movie mm-hmm. i i don't fucking know it, the number <laughs> of ju- the juxtapositions of various horrific acts with acts that are fine is crazy making yeah like yeah. it will present something horrible and then have something like mildly annoying happen to a white person and be like look at this and it's it's <laughs> it, it feels like a joke it isn't yeah. though but it feels no. like it should be funny almost like it uh-huh. i don't know it I don't know how else to describe that sensation of like watching truly horrible things happen to people of color. And then like a white person falls down the stairs and we're (laughs) supposed to be like, wow, falling down the stairs is bad. Like that's bad when that happens to white people. (laughs) It's not even anything. Sandra Bullock falls down the stairs in this movie. I don't fucking know you guys. I don't yeah. know. That's that's her trial to bear. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's crazy. It's nuts. It is, cr- and it it drives me nuts that like it it did actually get early acclaim. Yeah, um, like people liked it. People Ebert, watched it, and they liked it. Ebert said it was the best movie of the year, and he gave it like a four star review. It was nuts. You know, I read it. Sometimes he's super wrong. Was super wrong about stuff. Yeah, and I don't know. The guy yeah. watched too many movies. It did something to him. I, I guess. I, I think it melts your brain know. after a while. I don't, stopped, I don't know. He stopped being able to tell up from down. I don't know. Yeah, we can't I don't ask blame him, him now. But you know, no. that guy not always right. But luckily, no. we are. So we're here to fix it. I guess we're here to set things straight. We're here to tell you what's what. Uh, yeah. Uh, and well, the, even worse than just like a straightforward uh, bullshit narrative is it's an interwoven. Yes. Okay. It's a love narrative. actually situation. Right. So it's a bunch of different characters and you meet them all. There's like 20 people. And then eventually at the end, it all kind of ties up, which I think at the time impressed people, I guess, just this mm. idea of a care of a bunch of different plot lines that are separated and then they all come together like okay i guess that's what people were really thrown by just amazed by (laughs) i don't know it's not an excuse for anything at all but it ends up feeling so ridiculous because we're apparently in a major city uh where only 20 people are like having interactions with each other it's it's crazy i mean like we are in la it is important that it's la because like everything about the movie is very la because it's supposed to be like a commentary yeah, on LA and like on Hollywood kind of for like two seconds and like mm-hmm. everybody's driving around in their cars and oh my, we just gotta fucking start with the Don Cheadle monologue I guess like yeah uh so the movie starts with a monologue uh and it's Don Cheadle which I don't know why he was involved with this at I all I don't either uh, I, well we could say that for literally everyone in the film. I get, but like Terrence Howard has been kind of like a piece of shit in the past. I don't yeah. remember how, but he has and, and uh, Matt Dillon takes on some questionable roles. So like there's some I people. I feel like Don like, Cheadle has kind of redeemed himself since this movie where he's like done other roles yeah. that are better than this and like kind of had an actual career. But like this movie, I mean, it's also like it was so long ago, like in 2004, how many good movies were there for black actors really? Like not true. that many. Like, right. 
this is kind of what you're looking at like this was before even the help was winning an oscar you know like this is like right what what were the roles that you could take not much that's so, valid i'm not gonna call him out i'm just gonna be I mean, like this why role fucking blows like his role sucks and Super his character does. is not even a character really Mm-mm. like he does not have a coherent personality like more so than any other person in the film i feel like i like regularly i'd be like what is don Cheadle's character even thinking right now or doing yeah i don't know like i may never know he is just a collect he just seems to be doing what the plot tells him to do i don't get what his motivations are in any moment but i agree and there's i mean there's moments where he's kind of like looking out into the middle distance and like we're supposed to infer that he's feeling something but we don't really get like sometimes he's a huge asshole for no reason and then other times he's like more caring and it's like what does he Mm -hmm. think or feel about anything in the world who are his friends what is his life we don't know we never really find out that's not important. I, and I think I think that's a criticism you could levy at a lot of the quote unquote characters oh, in this sure, yeah. film. They're not so much characters; they are just kind of uh, figures uh, just mashing against each other with Smashing, like crashing into each just other, crashing. That if is you will. what this fucking opening monologue is. Yes, it's, wrote, this was when mm-hmm. I knew I was in trouble. Was this yeah. very opening? I was like, oh no. What it's a whole have thing I done. He says in LA nobody touches you. And there's like a line about we're all behind glass and metal we're all in blah, these blah, blah. metal boxes driving yeah. around and And he says, I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just to feel something. Yeah. Um and he's saying this monologue while sitting in a parked car. In right. The, in That's just been nighttime. involved in a, an accident. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it has. Yeah. He's in a police car, I think. Yes. It's like revealed slowly. I don't even think it's revealed in this scene that he's a policeman or what, but he's with his partner in this car and it like slowly pans out. And like, as he's saying this corny ass monologue, his partner looks at him and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. what are you like, yeah, right? <laughs> Which at least like, I was like, okay, so at least we're supposed to think that monologue was stupid. I guess. I guess. And she's like, did you hit your head or whatever? And he's, he doesn't really like have an answer to that. Well, he's like, don't you agree or something? And she's like, I think you're, you need help. (laughs) Right. I think maybe we need to get you checked out. Actually were, but instead she's just like worried about him. And then, so she gets out of the car and then talks to an, an Asian lady who she got into a car accident with and immediately zero to a hundred <laughs> gets real racist at her. Okay. So uh, like immediately the Asian lady gets really racist at Don Cheadle's partner, whose name is Maria, by the way. And mm-hmm. so this Asian lady immediately clocks Maria as not being white, which is weird. Cause this is an, a white actress playing a role that is supposed to not be white. She's an mm-hmm. Italian woman, but okay. Mm-hmm. This, this Asian woman immediately starts calling her a Mexican saying right. she can't drive, etc., or whatever. And then also Maria is racist back <laughs> at the Asian lady immediately and like mm-hmm. says something about how Asians can't drive. They're both immediately overtly racist screaming at each other. Yes. And yes. that's how this movie starts is that mm-hmm. I guess. Good kickoff. It's uh, and like she's she's making fun of her like pronunciation yes. and stuff and, yeah. and all like that she's junk. making fun of this woman's accent. It's like 
I don't know. What do you, what are we what are we meant to take from this really? I you know, I have this question a lot with this movie where it's like you're just seeing two characters being racist and you aren't really supposed to take anything from it other than well, ain't that always the way? They just yeah. they just can't seem to see eye to eye. <laughs> you think to yourself. Well, it, it presents racism as something that just kind of pops out when you're in moments of high stress. Right. Um, and it's something that like oh, everyone thinks these things. And Right. Oh, they're just mad at each other because, you know, they're whatever they, they get into a car accident. So they're already mad. And therefore, the racism that they already constantly have going on in their heads just comes to the forefront. Out. Sure. OK, yeah. that's the world we live in and crash. Fine. Yeah, sure. And then uh, Don Cheadle is like, whatever. He gets out of hit his side of the car and goes over and it turns out we're at a crime scene. Yeah, this actually. is a different scene. I think no it's the same scene I had to go back and watch it because I was real confused at okay, this transition alright I actually thought what this was ha- a different jump forward but okay we're at a crime scene now <laughs> yes. which matters what had happened was they were approaching a crime scene and they got in an accident just as they arrived at the crime scene and like yelled at this lady who then goes on her right. way because we see what plays out with her storyline later so I guess yeah. they hit each other's cars and then they, they crash. both go their separate ways. Right. But they felt this they both felt the something. This is the crash that super matters. I mean, there's multiple car things in Lots this movie. Lots of crashing. So one yeah. could argue that the crash in the title is any number of crashes, but... The car crash of this film, metaphorically, <sighs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's that, really. But yeah. anyway, uh, we're at a crime scene. Don Cheadle walks over to the crime scene. He's like, hey, to like the uh, another white detective, I guess. And he's mm-hmm. like, what's up? And the detective's like, ah, oh, we got a, a dead kid. Yeah. End scene. Yeah. And then it goes yesterday. So that w- we're seeing into the future. Mm-hmm. They're eventually going to end up finding a dead kid in a field. Yeah. And getting in a car and Don, accident. There's, I think there's a shot where Don Cheadle's like looking at the sneaker of the dead kid. and yeah. looks like sort of thoughtful. And we're kind of like, what's his deal? So like there's a little yeah. sense of something ominous going to happen with this. Whatever. Yes. This movie doesn't. Nothing really matters. <laughs> but sure. Sure. <laughs> this scene's going to matter at the very end. So yes. get ready for that. And you'll be like, whoa, I saw this, but I didn't understand the meaning of it because I was showing it without context. It's really a cool trick you can it's do. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's... So yesterday, uh, there's a scene with two Iranian people trying to buy a gun. Uh, mm. It's a father and his daughter. Mm-hmm. She's like in her 20s. He's like older. I think they're Persian, Uh, actually, but yeah. So uh, Persian and Iranian are both terms that are used interchangeably often, but Persian is actually an ethnicity. And in this movie, it kind of matters that they're Persian because they specify at one point that they're not Arab, which Mary Ellen says next. Anyway, there's your context. Because I know at one point he says the line, we're Persian, we're not Arab. Yes. All right, whatever. It's a Persian Iranian. guy. It, doesn't, it genuinely does not matter. <laughs> like, that's what's really sad about this is that it doesn't fucking matter. But whatever. Right. Right. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're having a, they're trying to buy a gun. Uh, the guy behind the counter is white. Um, yep. And, and they're discussing in their native language about the gun and what kind of, what kind of bullets to buy and that sort of thing. And the guy's like, yo, Osama. <laughs> stop taking so long planning your jihad or whatever like yeah. it's again a zero to a hundred ridiculous this is very like post 9-11 yeah. shit bullshit 2004 racial anxieties are high which again I I mean there are a lot of people being racist as fuck during this time mm-hmm. uh, 
but it's just I, it's so cheesy. Well, yeah, um, the only form of racism that we see in this movie is the most overt possible kind, like the person saying to someone else's face a racist thing, which that right. happens. But like a lot of times there's also covert and subtle versions of racism that just destroy people's lives. And the movie's not really about that at all, but it's fine because that's not the kind of movie this is. Right. It's more about like being mean and not trusting people. And that's like not what the whole point, like it's part of it. It's like a white person's understanding of racism, you know? Yeah. Um, But like a white person who's maybe never really seen racism ever. Right. A white person who's really bad at it. Based on nothing. Anyway, so (laughs) in the end, they do buy this gun and the daughter stays behind to buy the bullets because they're arguing over what kind of bullets to get. And she picks a specific box and she's like that red box and the guy behind the counter is like do you even know what those are and she kind of looks at him and she's like yeah i know and then takes them so we're kind of like we don't see what kind of bullets they are but we're sort of invited to wonder what they are we've got we've got a checkoffs gun yes already thrown into the mix things are tense Mm -hmm. uh then we get to ludicrous and his friend uh, and these two, man, I don't know. It's so the, it's their so, characters. It's so this movie's so tough because the fucked I don't up thing is like I, any character in it. No, but like these two guys are like the closest that I come to liking characters because. And I was thinking about how it would be fun if there were like a different version of this movie that was like a slapstick comedy where these two black guys were going around and having the same arguments that they have while just stealing. <laughs> shit from white people and like the arguments they have are basically like ludicrous thinks everything is racist and his friend doesn't doesn't like, that's the joke is that like ludicrous yeah. will see literally anything and interpret it as being racist and his friend will be like no it's not and then like the joke is that the two of them are just ruining people's white people's lives and like that would be a fun movie i'd watch that movie <laughs> but the thing that's is i think this movie <laughs> I think they are supposed to have a certain comedic like maybe like note to them. It's not funny because right. the joke Which I think is, is on up. them in yes. this movie. Yes. We aren't supposed to really like them. We're supposed to laugh at them. Yes. Because we're supposed to laugh at Ludacris for finding everything racist. Because uh-huh. according to us, it's, I guess, not. Except this is a weird universe of the movie where everything actually is racist. <laughs> it is, So right. it doesn't actually make any sense at all. And well, then the yeah. fact that they turn out to be criminals is supposed to be like, funny. Oh, well, get it? Of course everybody's racist to you. You're criminals. Like, right. we're supposed to think that's... A interesting turn, I guess. Well, I don't know. Our, our introduction to Ludacris, they're coming. He's coming out of um, a coffee shop, a restaurant. Yeah, a coffee shop with his friend, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wow, those servers were so racist." And yeah. his friend is like, "No, no one's racist ever." And yeah. he's like, "No, like, like they weren't serving us." Streams, like- right? He's like, "They weren't serving us. They weren't checking in on us." And his friend is like, "Well, how much did you tip them?" And he's like, "Well, I didn't." Because yeah, I'm not going to exactly. tip that kind of service. So it's like, because he's, he's saying they're racist because the they joke. assume black people won't tip. But why would they tip if they didn't buy anything? 
it made no sense really <laughs> like the jokes even in the scene don't it's, make sense it sounded like a forwards from grandma joke like it was like old <laughs> racist like yeah. isn't this funny and charming but like low-key it's super racist yeah um, it is yeah and it's also not at all funny like all of these things are no. almost a joke like there's a version of this where it is funny and that's not what we're seeing none of this is funny and so then the next series of bits they do is about how Sandra in this in this rich part of town and and Luda Chris is like oh we sh- we are the ones who should be scared like look at these white people they're scared and we see Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser walking by and Sandra like grabs Brendan's arm a little bit like she's scared of these two black men standing there and that's that's what makes Ludacris be like well what the fuck is this like look at how scared they look they we should be scared of them and I'm kind of like oh yeah that's interesting except then the next scene they carjack them immediately Ludacris and his friend carjacking Sandra Bullock and and we have a gun and everything so like it's I, I think there's a joke there where like Ludacris is like, well, but you know why we're not scared? And the guy's like, because we have guns or something. And then that's yeah. how it ends. Um, yeah, they still It's ridiculous. The car. I it's, don't know. It's, it's, it's really I think stupid. You're, I think you're right when you say the joke is supposed to be on them. And yes. I, I don't like that. We're supposed to laugh I think at it's them, stupid. I think. Like, right. we're supposed to think they're just a couple of bozos. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I don't, I can't think of another way to interpret this scene, sadly. Because no. they're like, everyone's racist against us, but we're carjackers, so but, get it. Yeah, like, they should be. Crash has a lot of moments where characters kind of say something along those lines. Like, oh, black people bring it on themselves. That's sort of a weird undercurrent. Yeah in this film like there's a white character later who just literally says that like way later on and i'm like whoa okay so we're just gonna come out and say it as opposed to implying it with these scenes and no one's ever really like no that's not true against that it's kind of just a thing this movie seems to think like yeah uh, okay all right anyway anyway that's a real fun time that happens um so Luda and his friend are drive away and his friend uh, pulls out a St. Christopher uh, like figurine mm-hmm. and sticks it on the dashboard. Uh, and he tells Luda that it's, it's he's the patron saint of Travel. uh, travelers. Yeah. Uh, and so. And Luda makes fun of them. And yeah. they have some more bits they do. None of this is funny enough. Like, no. at all. They're not charming no. enough. But they're yeah. the closest thing the movie has to, like, any soul or <laughs> any heart life. at all. So right. you kind of, like, cling to them. But then also, they're assholes, too. So Right. I think the heart of the movie is supposed to be Locksmith Guy, who we'll get to. Oh, I yeah. I think he's supposed Locksmith to be like, wow, guy. he's a good guy. He's a good non-white guy. We like him. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. Which we're is about disgusting. to get to him. Anyway, uh, so then we get to a crime scene with, uh, we're back with Don Cheadle, but this is earlier. This mm-hmm. is before the crash, the first crash. Yeah. Um, and what has happened is a <laughs> white guy has shot a black guy yep. in, when they were both driving. Yep. And the white guy was like, the black guy was threatening me and waving a gun at me, and I felt threatened, so I shot him. And mm-hmm. they're like, were there any witnesses that saw that? And no, there weren't. Uh, and then they searched the black guy's car. It doesn't belong to him, the car. It's not registered under his name, but they also find that he's a cop. They find his badge in the car. Right. So, and the white guy who shot the black guy is also a cop. He was off-duty cop. Yeah, they're both cops. Cops killing cops. Yeah. Uh, Wild. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, I was like, already right. having trouble paying attention during this scene. Yes, I remember I all of these things happening, but I was just like, <laughs> this movie's already so stupid. But yeah, anyway, you're right. I, that's all there. That all that's happens. All, all I remember happens. no further details. <laughs> well, because like Don Cheadle picks up the badge. He's like, looks like he shot the wrong N-word. And we're like, <laughs> oh, the, our N-word, our first N-word of the film. So that's yep, exciting. It is. Um, which is Don Cheadle saying it. But yep. <laughs> everyone cheers. <laughs> They're like so fucking edgy. Oh, uh, it's great. Um, I think it's a, is it a hard R? I don't, I, I don't know. And I refuse to go watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, so then that happens. Great. Then we go to, but we're back with Sandra Bullock oh, and Brendan oh, Fraser in their beautiful this, mansion. Okay. It turns out Brendan Fraser is the DA. Yeah. So yeah. uh, already we're here with structural power with, yes. is with the white people, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, no. Yeah. So he his wife is really racist and she's just so having racist. like a full scale meltdown. So like Sandra Bullock is playing a terrible person in this movie. She Deeply, just yeah. she comes downstairs and she starts making disparaging remarks about. Michael Pena is the guy who's the locksmith and she just starts making disparaging remarks about him. Yeah. Because he's wearing baggy pants and has a and tattoo. Has tattoos. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, I I feel so unsafe already after what's happened and like I should have assumed that those two black guys were going to carjack us, but people would think that's racist <laughs> if I said that. So yeah. now I'm crazy. And then also now we have this other Latino guy changing our locks who's clearly just going to fucking sell the keys to his friends, his gangbanger friends. His gangbanger friends. <laughs> and so she's basically just like literally any non-white person in her vicinity she's basically like this person is going to kill me and i'm justified for thinking this because this happened like she just outright Mm -hmm. admits that like this Mm -hmm. isn't even like her being like i now don't trust any black people she's just like also that guy's brown so get (laughs) him out of here like she's just full scale like yeah off the deep end just being like i can now admit how racist i am here's how racist i am i want only white people ever in my immediate vicinity and like meanwhile all of brendan fraser's black staffers are just silently listening to this listening like awkwardly in the living room and meanwhile he's been like trying to do damage control with them and he has this weird line where he's like why did it have to be black guys and they just are like (laughs) looking at each other like jesus christ like we work for this guy and like now we have to do damage control for him getting carjacked and like i don't know i don't remember if this is the scene where he's like trying to figure out he's like we got to find some guy to put a medal on some black guy to put a medal on like hurry up and find me somebody and like that's i mean i guess that's real shit that like that's how politics works but i don't these other characters who just stand there silently like we don't really hear what they think about any of this like they don't actually get lines about how they feel about what's going on it's really just sandra bullock's feelings which is yeah. crazy. And then like, shots of black people looking uncomfortable. Like, and then she has like a lot of lines here. And like she's, I think, the character we're supposed to kind of I don't know. Are we supposed to sympathize with her position in this scene? Because well, 
I'm just looking. I'm looking now at, at the Crash Wikipedia page because I I feel like I saw something by so the the writer director is Paul Haggis. Yeah, and it says a self described passion piece for Haggis. Crash was inspired by a real life incident in which his Porsche was carjacked in 1991 outside a video store. Wow. So I think so. <laughs> he is Sandra. I guess. I guess, um, <laughs> I guess so. Bold stance. Yeah. Uh, and then did he fall down the stairs later at any point? Does it say probably. that? Probably. <laughs> it was probably his darkest moment. Oh, my God. Um, but I remember him also saying something. I don't know where I saw this, but he like he wrote the film to show white liberals that racism was more prevalent than they thought or something like that, which we can talk about later. Well, um, okay. I don't know <laughs> if that's even really what the film is saying. <laughs> no, I would argue. No. Anyway, back to Sandra. Um, yeah, she gets the main, she gets everything. And then all the non-white people around her, like the la- the Latino locksmith just comes over and like, they make eye contact like i yeah, heard he you puts bitch. the keys down silently yeah. i guess the new away. keys or whatever and just like walks right. off like i don't know like what, what do you even fucking say like he's basically like all right i guess i did all the work changing your locks and you're gonna go hire a white locksmith to redo it that's right. cool i guess bye like what would you even say in that situation just, well i think it's it's gross to me like this is our introduction of a character who's going to be like our moral pillar and the fact that he's just kind of like quietly accepting the racism spewed in his face, I think he's supposed to be like ideal minority yeah, because of he that. Is, because he's he's just quietly taking it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Michael Payne just quietly takes in this movie where he's right. just like, well, I guess something terrible is happening. I don't know. It's <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I guess I'll stand here somberly while it happens. It's- yeah. That's his role. And the black staff doesn't get any, they don't have any lines. They don't, well, the movie's not really about them. So that's fine. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. I loved it. And then next scene. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a whole little conversation where Brendan's like, this looks bad and yada, yada. Yeah. Then there's a brief scene (laughs) where it's a diner and there's an older Asian man sitting with a younger Asian man. And the younger Asian man is like, here's this check. When can you drop them off? And the older Asian guy is like, I'm going to go get them right now. And that's all of that. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I don't know what that's about. Uh, and then Pan to our very best character in this ensemble. Oh, uh, racist cop, Matt Dillon. It's, <laughs> he's on the phone. It keeps getting worse. Okay. Truly. <laughs> it's all right. So. So. Ready to meet some cops? We're going to meet some cops. <laughs> Add some cops to this mix. Yeah, you know Let's what? get shit crazy. Let's There's get going. A, there haven't been enough white cops so far. <laughs> so Truly. thankfully, we've got two walking yeah. in to the set of Crash. And here they are. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Dillon uh, is on the phone with uh, the insurance company, is HMO. Yeah. Um, and the thing with HMOs is like you have to, if people aren't familiar with bullshit American insurance, you have a specific network of doctors and providers that you're allowed to see under the HMO, mm-hmm. um, which beca- becomes important to the plot, um, It's which is really annoying because, like, people get fucked over. Like, if you have to go to an emergency room out of town and your doctor is out of network, you your insurance won't cover it. Like, it's nuts. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you ever thought about how that's black people's fault, though? Like, what you, you just know, described. You know, you make a really good point. And yeah. I think 
I think that's what Crash is asserting is that. But anyway, (laughs) black people, black people started capitalism, which has led to private insurance and healthcare issues Um, specifically they're in charge of. So (laughs) truly, (laughs) if I think who's in charge of our healthcare, (laughs) it's definitely not white, rich white men. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's it's specifically uh, (laughs) this one black receptionist for a healthcare institution of some kind who's talking to this cop on the phone and and telling him about this situation which is crappy where his dad can't get coverage for whatever thing he needs and at at some point he asks her what his name is what her name is is. Mm -hmm. and she says it's Shaniqua and he's like oh it would be and she hangs up on him because obviously like, fuck this guy <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, like, even like real life cops are like managed to be more low-key than that I, like I usually mean, i it gets so much worse like i don't this yeah. is the beginning of that plot line like that's yeah. how it starts out but i think yeah. we're still supposed to feel bad for him i guess i immediately no longer feel i was like i hope your dad dies good yeah. I was All like, right. great, See you're ya. fucking useless, dude. Like, you just, right. you're, you fucked up immediately. Like, what? Right. I hate you. Good. Uh, <laughs> so then he leaves the diner and goes out to uh, see his partner, who's played by Ryan Felipe. Mm-hmm. I forgot about him. Yep. Um, Just existing, generally. And <laughs> well, they he's get. Serious. <laughs> he's here. Here he is. Uh, they get a call in about Luda and his friend. Mm-hmm. And they say, here, this is the make and model of the vehicle. This is the license plate. It's two black men. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Well, at that moment, a similar, a, a car with the same make and model drives by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the license plate's different, and it's a black man in there and a black woman. Mm-hmm. But the black woman is giving him a beige. Yep. Um, so. And it's Thandie Newton, so it's like, there's this weird scene sexual okay so like yeah as as initial ra- matt dylan initial racist cop is what i was gonna call him <laughs> we can also call him that initial racist cop mm-hmm. is yes. like sort of beeping his beeps and being like oh, i'm gonna maybe pull this this car over ryan felipe is like hey like that's not the same plates i don't think this is the right car so he's like sort of voicing some displeasure at the situation but he's yeah not and he's like why it. would the car be in this in a nice area right, like carjackers right. don't take cars here so he's the younger one he's like the young new cop and like yeah. matt dylan is like the old racist cop who's like you don't understand how we do things here there were black people driving the car we're gonna go <laughs> ahead and pull them over that is so he not pulls okay. them over. and he also yeah. like shines a really bright light through the car to like see Thandie Newton given Terrence a beige. And right. there's like, so like Thandie Newton is like a fairly light skinned black woman. So, and she has a line later where she's like, they thought it was a white woman giving a blow job. And because it's crash and it's so reductive, I think that is what we're supposed to think that he thinks. I guess. So I guess we're supposed to think that. I don't know. I don't care. He pulls over <laughs> these two people <laughs> right. and starts giving them shit. So uh-huh. the deal with Terrence and Thandy is that they're black, but they're very mm. rich. What? So that's crazy. Incredible. So we Wild. see them and they're wearing like, like Thandy's wearing like this beautiful ball gown, beautiful scarf. 
they're mm-hmm. just they're very well dressed and they're very polite immediately and they're almost like laughing as they're pulled over like gently laughing like oh why are we getting pulled over like as though it's never happened to them before like that's kind of their attitude going into it mm-hmm. um right but so naive. Terrence also Terrence also knows enough to be like yeah. to be like I'm gonna reach to my glove compartment yeah. to get my and he's like so say, announcing his actions before he does it so he seems a little bit more street smart I guess I don't know it's like I every guess. single person is a stereotype in this movie so we're supposed to see Thandy as like this rich bitch basically who doesn't know what it's really like and Terrence kind of knows what it's really like but he's still a rich guy and like that's but we only we only know that yeah we only know that that through their conversation later right we're kind of seeing a preview of it now because even throughout all this thandy's like still laughing like she's not taking it seriously she's not respecting what's happening to them you know what i mean so like terrence takes out his license and stuff things are still not going well Matt Dillon, I don't remember. It escalates Matt very Dillon, quickly. Yeah, Matt Dillon tells him to get out of the car, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't. Been, I don't drink. I haven't been drinking or anything." And he's like, "Well, then we won't have a problem." And mm-hmm. Thandy's like, "He doesn't drink. What? Do you, why do you need him out of the car?" Yeah, and she's like, like, "It's fine. It's fine." More aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets out, and um, Matt Dillon starts making him do like sobriety tests, like touching his nose and stuff, and standing on one foot. Yeah. Right. Thandy steps out of the car, and she's like, "This is ridiculous. We're, we just came from a um, an awards show." Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's not drunk. Why are you doing this? And Matt Dill's like, get back in the fucking car. Like yeah. immediately. Like immediately. Is like zero to 60. Yeah. yeah. And then. And she's like, no. And she steps out. And then he is like, put your hands on your head. Blah, blah, blah. They start getting r- really rough with them. Yeah. And then at some point he gets Thandy up against the car. Yeah. I mean, at some point this just becomes like a. A sexual fetish for Matt Dillon where he just starts sexually assaulting Sandy in front of her husband and like it just is is nominally searching her for a gun, but is actually just molesting her very slowly. And the movie shows us all of it and it goes on for an incredibly long time and is really hard to watch. And like Mm -hmm. she's crying and it's the worst thing you've ever seen. And yes, and it's it's escalated by the fact that he is Matt Dillon is looking at her husband, yes, essentially daring him to react. His wife's vagina, basically. Yes, like yes. fuck you, I'm fucking doing this. Like that's it's so long, and they show mm-hmm. all of it. Like they don't yeah. do the thing where a movie cuts away from what's happening to like let you imagine how bad it really is. They really just show it. It's pretty yeah. bad. I was not yeah. expecting this to be in this movie. I was surprised no. by it. Yeah, it's 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 a level. I mean, it's infuriating to watch. It's it's you know she's being humiliated, and then the husband's being humiliated because he can't do anything. And this is, I mean, this is the history of cops and black people in America. Like it's it's that whole like you are powerless, and I'm going to show you how powerless you are. Yeah. Uh, and rub it in your face and humiliate you. It's disgusting. Um, and it's disgusting to have this as a scene and and, and juxtapose almost, it with any of the other scenes yes, in this yes. movie. It's so fucked up. It's um, like the worst possible thing that could happen is happening in yes. fairly close to the beginning of the film. And like, mm-hmm. I don't really see a way back from this. Like, no, no. 
I don't. And later on, we're supposed to have somewhat of a redemptive arc uh, with Matt Dillon's character. Yeah. Which is disgusting and horrifying and completely ineffective, I would argue. Um, Yeah. And I mean, even the reaction, the the way that they write Thandie and Terrence as well in the rest of the movie, like their reactions to what happened don't feel realistic to how people react to things like this. Like they just seem like caricatures as well. Like it felt really terrible, pretty much top to bottom because like, yeah, I I think, I mean, I think there is something kind of horrifyingly true in that whole, like you were supposed to protect me, but you couldn't. And I feel rage at you, but I know it's misplaced rage because you couldn't do anything. Except that like, they don't really ever give either character the chance to actually reconcile that you know what i mean yes, like it's never I do know really that conversation is not really given any ending it's just no a sad thing where they're both angry at each other and then it's like well that's how that ends i don't know i found yeah. it so unsatisfying and unfair to them and just i don't know it's really upsetting it's a really yeah, really and upsetting I, movie i don't know i feel like almost there's a moral judgment being made on thandy newton's character yeah for, oh, for sure because she's up. the one who's drunk and she like is presented as this sort of like bratty rich girl who like she didn't really know any better she should have respected the cops more and like terrence knew better like there is an undercurrent of that which i hate yeah. in this and because they're blaming her for getting molested essentially yeah yeah. and they're also kind of blaming her husband for not doing more it's really weird there's a lot of like overlapping shitty things happening in the movie with this scene none of them really feel like i don't know it's fucking bad i don't even i don't know i don't know what else to say i mean and this is we're not even that far into the movie i know but this this scene is so it like stops you in your tracks kind of yeah like you're yeah i i don't know i didn't know that was the kind of movie we were in i was like oh this is a sexual assault movie okay right okay yeah and it's i I mean we're in like a car crash movie but we're in a sexual assault movie guys yeah but it turns into a car crash later in this narrative so not me- we, I, mean, I mean metaphorically and also we, literally. Should we cut for spoilers? I mean I don't know. Sure. There's honestly there's no like good place to cut for spoilers because I guess there's we can no, cut like, here. I so sure. like those are most of the main characters who've been introduced. Sandy yeah. is gonna fall down some stairs later. I don't know. <laughs> nothing fucking matters in this movie is no. the problem with it. Yeah. No yeah. one should watch this film. Like genuinely, no. nobody Ge- should yeah. watch it. It should not no. exist. And no mm-hmm. one should watch it. Yeah. And it's bad. Yeah. I hate I it. Think- <laughs> <laughs> we said, so we said Green Book shouldn't exist, which I still stand by. Yeah. Um, but I can see how like a well-meaning white liberal could see that and be like, oh, that's nice. If if somebody likes Crash, I I think there's something up. I think like I <laughs> don't want to engage. Yeah. yeah. I don't Something's I don't want to talk them. it out with you. Yeah. It- um I'm scared. Uh, yeah, I don't know it's, what there is to like about Crash, and it made me really just. I mean, I know every everything's terrible now, but like this came out in 2004. Like yeah. this was a while ago, and this is like during the time period when people imagined things were good in America or something. I don't fucking mm-hmm. know. Like this, this is shit. 
this movie's real bad. I guess the only reason you could watch it would be to just see how incredibly bad things have been and for how long that anyone thought this movie was good. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. if that's like a lesson that you need to learn about like America again, to just be like, <laughs> oh, right. Actually, things were racist and people thought this movie was beautiful art. Like people thought this movie was saying fucking something about white people getting over racism when it's saying nothing like that. It's saying, it's basically saying it's okay for you to be racist because everyone is like, that's Mm -hmm. basically what this movie says. So yeah, I think it was, I think it was helpful for me to reflect on, as kind of like a thought exercise. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, it was helpful for me to see, A, what this particular audience of people deems is racism, like what they think of racism as. Yeah. And and it's it's something that is so removed from our actual reality and, and is, like, to think of it as, as just a, an interpersonal interaction gone awry um, that, that anyone can be subject to. Uh, and that it's mostly about mistrust between different groups of people um, who are all on the same plane and just kind of, you know, maybe some races fuck up more than others and that's on them. Uh, <laughs> like, that's that's the narrative that's kind of being presented. Um, and so it starts out with, like, a false understanding of, of exactly what racism is and then from there uh, engages with its solution, I guess, in a way that's that's so insane like does it even engage with a solution i feel like it just kind of ends it there and it's like the solution is like watching man the solution is like watching crash and thinking about it i honestly think so i think this like here if if racism is is just like not holding your emotions in check and and not keeping an eye on what you're saying to other people and not like checking which okay so obviously (laughs) obviously we're all we all come up in a racist society we all have these like racist ideas um you know white people as being part of white society we come up with these ideas you can't avoid them even kids like know about them and are exposed to them but it doesn't stop there. You yeah. know, like the, the process doesn't end there. It's not just something you carry around with you that when you get upset just pops out. Um, <laughs> you can actually engage with your own complicity. You can look at the structures you benefit from. You can uh, find ways to elevate voices of people who aren't being hurt. You know, like there's there's bigger structural approaches to combating racism and to examining your own place in a racist, a structurally racist society. Crash is so fucking far from that. It is, it is not like it's understanding of racism does not include any of that and, and doesn't even want to engage with that. That is threatening to the people behind Crash. You know what I mean? I do. And like on a, on a sort of adjacent green book related topic, I was thinking about sort of the plot line with, Terrence and Thandy's characters being these sort of like respectable black characters who like have money and that presentation in Green Book also being sort of a similar weird misstep where it's like that is filtered through a white writer's lens, you know, where it's like the white writer's interpretation of that anxiety of like respectability politics as a black person in like a rich space is like written badly here and I just mostly in watching it I was like it'd be cool if this was a story that people were writing who weren't white 
and yeah it sucks that these movies are still happening like it sucks that green book happened so many years later and like mm-hmm. is still saying nothing like i i don't know this movie does i think a bad job with that entire plot line and conversation is like mm-hmm. it just in general but it's i don't know it feels like nothing has really changed and that no. was really sad to me to watch to just be like wow this movie fucking blows and then also everything's bad i don't know it made me feel yeah. bad i hated it <laughs> i would, hated this yeah. movie. <laughs> I would also put like three billboards um yeah. in this category i would put did you see the trailer for that new movie with sam rockwell also being racist yeah um i did where he's like I part of the kkk it. why yeah. the fuck does that movie exist i don't yeah I, they're still making movies like this. They're still making movies where we care about white people being redeemed for their racism. And uh, the, like, still the black white characters people. are like put apart and they're just like, wow, we just can't quite understand them. And it's like, well, I don't know. You could have black people make movies. I, I guess. Imagine. I don't know. It's. Yeah. Which I, and I will say the one positive thing is I think the increasing backlash against this movie crash I think a lot of it is due to the fact that, you know, the democratizing power of the Internet yeah. um, has allowed for a lot more black and brown voices to be heard. Yeah. Um, and and, I mean, and for, you know. our, for our concept of, of what, you know, how to approach race in movies and, and um, what is totally inappropriate for a white writer director to take on. I think more and more people are kind of hopefully uh, seeing that and understanding that the more we actually have black and brown commentators, you know, taking on these things. And, I mean, and, I hope so. I just worry yeah. that there are people who like genuinely don't understand the difference between like, sorry to bother you and like green book. Like, I don't, I don't know. Jesus. I, I, you know what I mean yeah. though? Like, I feel yeah. like I do have conversations with white people where they're like, yeah, I watched all of the different movies about racism this year and they were all good. And I'm kind of like, well, do you sort of identify any real <laughs> difference between what these movies were saying other than like racism's bad? Or like, have you really thought about like the different kinds of messages that are being offered? And I don't right. know. I just worry about how stupid people are sometimes, but it's okay. I because at least we're not still making crash an incredibly bad movie yeah i don't know yeah i is that a victory hopefully it's slightly i do feel like this movie probably couldn't be made now i i kind of felt that way and then i was like is it naive that i feel that way maybe but it's really bad so i hope it wouldn't be made now because yeah it's saying nothing and it's trash yeah how about like white writer directors stop this? Just stop. <laughs> stop with your fucking three billboards. Stop with your green books. Yeah, stop with like, your okay. Your crash. Like somebody stole your car. Like I don't know. Fucking get over it. <laughs> like I, yeah. Maybe you don't need to make a movie about that. Maybe you know? go to therapy. <laughs> like, you know, get some healthier you know, coping yeah. mechanisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know what? Nobody needs to see your fucking movie about this. Like, no, you're fine. And nobody needs to see a movie about like your dad's one black friend either. Like just nobody fucking needs this in their lives. And nobody needs to see your like analysis of small town Americana when you're not even fucking American and you don't understand racial dynamics at all. Mm hmm. That was three billboards. (laughs) Yeah, I figured I haven't seen that movie and I don't (laughs) intend to. Don't do it. It sucks. Anyway, 
let's uh, spoil the rest of this piece of shit. You should go ahead and listen to it because, like, yeah. don't watch it. Don't fucking watch no. this. We're gonna save you the time. We we made ourselves suffer so you would not have to. <laughs> and you should thank us for it. <laughs> Can a movie really be spoiled? Does knowing the plot really ruin a movie? It's sort of a philosophical question. We can't answer that for you. Just figure out what you want to do. But if you don't want to know the plot, turn this off right now. I feel like I'm not making any sense in my in my responses to this movie because I just keep saying it's bad. But it's hard to I'm describe. Trying, we're trying our best to it's, define the badness. It's really as best we can. Stupid and bad. It is hard. Uh. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, all right, where are we? Let me turn the page here on my notes. Uh, <clears throat> all right, back to the shopkeeper, Persian guy. Okay. Uh, his his the front door of his store will not close. Oh yeah, and it won't lock. His wife keeps trying; it's not working. And then his daughter's still there with him, and she's like, "Here's this gun that we bought earlier. Remember?" Yeah. There's a lot of scenes that are like just like like here it is. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, "You need to go to work." That's the scene. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, then we're back with Terrence and Thandy, mm-hmm. and they have a fight. Uh, mm. In the in the wake of the horrifying thing that's yeah, happened, yeah, this them. was the fight that I found unsatisfying. It's mostly a fight about how like neither of them are quote unquote from the streets or like really know what real life is like, and like this is kind of a situation where they've been confronted with intense racism, and they're both reacting to it and sort of blaming one another for it. And I feel like there's probably a better written version of this movie that actually Mm -hmm. does this well but instead it just makes them both seem like they're treating each other like shit and not being understanding of each other's trauma like they just underwent a traumatic experience and they're both kind of just yelling at each other which like that happens sometimes but it's just it's very hard to watch and it's just like a sad scene where you're like wow like they really should be there for each other in this moment and they're not and they can't be i don't know i found it so sad i and badly yeah. written at the same time. Yes, I found it both those things, um, and it, it's it's really reductive. Yeah. Like the conversation that they have, um, you know, class is equated to race, yep. where like Thandy Th- seen as less black. Yeah. Um, and but she sees him as being like docile and and compliant. Yeah, she's and is upset kinda- that he apologize to the cops so that they could get off with a warning basically is how that scene ends and she's like like, you didn't stand up for me yeah yeah he's like how could i have they could have just killed us and she's like they're not gonna kill us we were in such a nice part of town and it's like is that really an expectation either of them could have and they neither of them really fully knows and the scene again isn't quite well written enough for that to even be spelled out it's just kind of like them yelling at each other and then it ends and yeah and like saying which of who which of them is blacker and yeah yeah, reductive insulting not equipped to handle this kind of uh emotional also the since there are so many characters in this movie and there are so many scenes in this movie we never get things like if these characters had friends they could talk to about this and like family or really anyone else in their lives that they could talk to about this horrible thing they've endured and then they could come back to each other and be like hey we've both reflected on this and that was a horrible thing that happened and let's kind of work together and get over this or like go to 
therapy or like something but we never right. really see that ending for them like they don't have friends that we see we don't really get to know what's going on in their lives like we just get these like three minute scenes and then that's it and i don't know it's it's tough because like you don't end up liking anyone in the movie because of this because you never get to know anybody and so they're all yeah. just caricatures or caricatures almost isn't quite it it's more like this is a morality play and they're yeah. playing certain roles and so they have to play these certain roles and that's it and they don't get to do anything else they don't really get to be people so yes yeah it ends up feeling very flat and and difficult to engage with on any deeper emotional level um, yeah other than being horrified by it of course you're supposed yes, to be horrified by of it of course uh but it, it, it you know constantly it feels like you're being talked down to um, yeah and and being like demonstrated intentionally like see this is what happens with blah blah, blah. and it's it's just it's cheap it's gross yeah it's, it's just tough because like in a movie you want somebody to root for and like you really don't have it here because you can't even really root for these characters figuring out their shit because you don't even really get to know them well enough to see that right. happen and they're being so vicious with each other yeah and so it's you don't feel like i, I like you feel sorry and sad but I don't know. I it's don't know. Sad. I, I was hoping after this scene that they would kind of figure their shit out, but they kind of don't, honestly. No, no they never really do. Anyway. Um, there's, there's also a brief moment where Thandi is about to call the police station to complain mm -hmm. about what's happened to them. And Terrence is like, don't even bother. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So there, I, it's like a throwaway about like. There's no way to like address the yeah, structural power which is like imbalance. Sort of interesting, but again, not really what the movie's about. The movie's just no. about these sad interpersonal things that just happen, and then yeah. there's no structural way to address any of these problems, according mm -hmm. to this movie. Which is weird because power structures do exist in the movie. Like there's a district right. attorney and there's like a police chief. Like I don't know. It's so weird. Anyway, whatever. Cool, great stuff. Uh, then we're back. We're back with the locksmith, uh, the yeah. Latino locksmith. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets home and he's got a little daughter who's adorable. This is a uh, cute scene. This was apparently yeah. the scene that everybody liked the most in the movie, which is understandable because it's very cute. And I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it is a moment of actual like genuine connection yeah, it might between be the a father only one in the movie. I think his is child, <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, basically what happens is his daughter is sleeping underneath her bed because she's scared. Um, and, and it's implied that they've just moved out of a rough neighborhood where there's mm -hmm. a lot of, oh, she can hear a lot of gunshots. Yeah. Right. And, and she tells us a anecdote about how at one point she, a bullet went through her window and he's sort of gently is like, oh, do you think that bullet's still out there? It might still find you. And it's like kind of sweet and then he eventually works up to this sort of fatherly story about how once when he was a child a fairy visited him and gave him an invisible cloak that would always protect him from bullets and he's like oh but i forgot i need to give it to you i was supposed to give it to you on your birthday but i forgot about it but i'm gonna give it to you now and so then he like mimes taking off this cloak and putting it onto her i mean it's cute it's like there's no real way that you can reassure your kid that 
a bullet isn't going to kill them. So like, this is kind of like the only thing you can do is just sort of invent something to help them feel better in the moment. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate it. I thought it was cute. And I was like, yeah, I like this little actress. She does a good job. And Michael Pena is doing a good job. I don't know. Everybody's it's just like about as good as the movie gets is this one scene. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's it's, you know, it's they sad. Are. I mean, it's just the movie showing you something sad. This is what I expected Crash to be was this kind of like corny bullshit. Which is like <laughs> right. fine. <laughs> but like I expected it to all be this where it's like, oh, sad things happen. And like I thought the whole movie right. was just going to be this over and over, yeah. which would have been fine. But it's not. It's only this one scene. And there's, I mean, there's a very like schmaltzy, like, oh wow, Sandra Bullock thought he was a gang mayor, but he's actually right, a really yeah. nice dad who I guess cares about his daughter. I mean, that wasn't a surprise to me, so I guess I was <laughs> reacting to the scene in a different way. But you're probably right, right that the movie itself was trying to yeah. tell me, like, look at this, this guy, incredible. <laughs> Turns out he's a dad <laughs> who loves his daughter. You're right. right. It is bad now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's ruined. It kind of but, is, though. Yeah, but yeah. Right. But, and again, there's some like model minority stuff uh, where it's like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. He's trying like, to pull like, himself up by his bootstraps. He's moving his kid out to a nicer part of town and he's not living in this part of town where there's drive bys anymore. He's trying to make good in the world and just be a yeah. locksmith and not yeah. do crimes. That's that's the story of this guy. American dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, Great. So there's that little scene. Then he gets a. I was so scared. So he gets a page on his phone and like kind of sighs. And I was like, oh fuck, is he like in a game? Like, but then he's not. I thought this too because almost every person of color in this movie either yes. is a criminal or becomes one. So I right. was definitely waiting for Michael Pena to turn out to be a criminal. He doesn't. Spoilers. Yes. We're in the spoiler yeah. section. He's good. It turns out. I think he's the mm-hmm. only one, right? Man, Don anyway. Cheadle. Oh yeah, you're right. The cop. He's a cop. The cop. Though, so yeah, you know. cops are our criminals. Um, <laughs> then we get to okay. Then we're back to Luda, Chris, and his friend. They have another car. They're driving around the car and they have a fight about rap music. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Ludacris God. is like fake. Ludacris is like quote unquote woke. He thinks that rap music was designed by white producers to dumb down the black populace. And doesn't he say it's like the FBI orchestrated it or something? Like he's got well, he a brings real up, big conspiracy theory about rap yeah, music. Yeah, well, he brings up like the Black Panthers and stuff yeah. and says they were assassinated. Yeah, and then, which is true. Yeah. True. Uh, but then he, he says, and now they made rappers be stupid, so we're stupid. Right. And they call each other the N-word, so that it's okay to call people the N-word. Yeah. And it's not. It's yeah, it's this very <laughs> it's to me that was that like I feel like somebody who's who's really woke about like the Black Panthers and and COINTELPRO and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I feel like they wouldn't be the type to then denigrate rap as a genre. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a little collection of things of arguments that yeah. sometimes you hear different people say, like, like, usually this is sort of more of like a conservative black position of just being like, oh, you know, ever no one should ever say the N-word in any context, even like colloquially, like that kind of position is something that Ludacris's character is supposed to have. But yeah, he has this weird collection of respectability positions that don't really right. hang together into a character and also go along with him seeing every single interaction he has as being racist. But again, it's Crash, so he's not even wrong. So whatever. <laughs> 
Because, yeah, because I, I would buy, like, a conservative character who doesn't see racism ever, anywhere and thinks it's, like, the black man's job to pull himself up right. and be and basically become more white-coated. Yeah. Um, to, but that's to have not respect. quite his character. I mean, it's almost no. like the movie's badly written and no one's a person. So it's kind <laughs> of hard. We can't really draw any conclusion about who anyone is or what they're actually like but yeah as usual luda's friend laughs at him and is just like they kind of have this joke about country music where like they put on a country station and ludicrous talks about like these older black country musicians and how the music was taken from them and like there's almost like a kernel of truth in this if it were like a better written scene but it's not right and his friend just keeps making fun of him and being like oh these songs are just about lynching black people and they're terrible country music's terrible but there's no conclusion to this argument like no characters presented as being correct or incorrect it's just isn't this funny that this conversation's happening? But it's not yeah. really like an interesting conversation because neither of their points fully hang together or are right. well argued because these characters aren't being presented as being particularly smart. So it's just bad right. writing and it's not a good movie. Anyway. It sucks. So while they're <laughs> playing country music and like bickering with each other about what's racist and what's not, mm-hmm. they're not paying attention and they hit the elderly Asian man from earlier that mm-hmm. we saw in the diner. Who's standing right in front of a van that is going to matter right. later. And it's about to unlock the van. So the keys are still hanging in the lock. Mm-hmm. He gets hit and they drag him a little bit. Yeah. So they stop the car and they both get out. And this scene, I feel like, is played for comedic effect. Which is crazy. Cause there are some beats horrifying. that were like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's not OK. But they both come out and he's like. There's a Chinaman under your car. Which yeah, I, they say that like, word a million times. In that's this like movie. an old school slur. Yeah. I feel like. Does anyone? No, I don't know no if people use that. that. No one has said whatever. that since like 1835. But whatever. Yeah, in this movie, I it's the not. only slur anyone says. So, yeah, they say it a thousand times. Yeah. Um, and because then he's like racist because these black characters are also racist against Asians. So right. you know how racism is just everywhere. It's really deep and. It's it's like love, actually, where about. love is all around us, but it's racism. <laughs> but it's racism that's actually all, actually all around. And that really fucking is what the movie is, but whatever. Yes. So and anyway, it's also, this like, guy's dead, and they, they don't... No, he's not dead. Well, he's not quite dead yet. He's not dead. Luda wants to just get back in the SUV and drive away. Mm-hmm. His friend is like, no, we'll kill him, and, then, and you don't want to be charged for murder, do you? And Luda's like, fine. So they pull him out from under the car. But like before, when Luda goes to see the guy under the car, they do it. There's a comedic cut where Luda goes and you see the guy like moaning for help under the car and they cut it off and Luda like pops back up and is like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it's cut for like a laugh. But it's not um, funny. It's no. And, like, it's the, the man shot in pain of this under guy, his car. Like covered in blood is like horrifying. Yeah. It's like a scary shot. I don't know. It's a but weird. But it's absolutely shot to be funny. And so I don't. You're right. It is, yeah. I hate it's it. Very I'm, I was funny. mad. It's so it was good. hilarious. Actually, I laughed. I was like, I, I hope cried. everyone dies. I can't wait for everyone to die. <laughs> I started feeling that way a lot. I, I was like, I really want literally everyone to die. It gets to a point where everyone is so reprehensible. I mean, this is the yeah. scene where Luda and his friend become reprehensible, and then it's like it's hard to root for them because like they're they just killed, well, almost killed a guy. But and I didn't feel give like, a shit, and you're like, guys, what are you doing? 
doing? Like, what I are feel you like later doing? on the movie was like, but they were right, though. And I we can know. talk about that. I know. It's, <laughs> that was the part where I tweeted, what the fuck, in all caps on my Twitter. Uh, anyway, so then they decide together to pull him out front of the car and just to drop his body off outside the ER. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Um, great. So morally, we're not really in with these characters anymore. We're not fans of them. Yeah. Um, then we, because they don't, they don't, again, they don't seem very Well, we can't really by... be fans of anyone. Like, there isn't True. anyone to be a fan of. Human True. beings aren't in this film. No. Uh, so then we go to the, the police station with mm-hmm. Ryan Felipe, and he is talking to Keith David. Yeah. Who is here for Goliath some reason. himself. <laughs> is he the police chief? I don't know. He's He is the police ch- police chief. Cuz see the police chief is black. So police Get aren't it? racist. <laughs> I mean that's basically what this <laughs> yeah. scene is. It's wild. I so know, Ryan Felipe is like, "Hey, you know about my like <laughs> deeply racist partner? I don't want to work with him anymore. I just saw him molest a black woman. I'm freaking out. I yeah, don't like I'm this." I'm having kind of a hard time with the like molestation I witnessed and I kind of yes. want that to not happen anymore. And Keith David yes. is like, "Honestly, bro, this is not a racist precinct and I love Matt Dillon. I fucking love that guy and if he were racist, I feel like I would know because like I'm black. So like and, he, and he's like it would be up, a, honestly. First right. Of all. He's like he's worked here for 17 years and it would be a huge oversight, wouldn't it? If I if there's a bigot so on like, the force this whole was time. Was that a joke? Like I, what do you make of this? Like do you okay. think he actually knew that Matt Dillon was racist and just didn't give yes. a fuck? Is that what it is? Okay. I think so at the end of this he goes back and forth with Ryan Felipe uh-huh. and basically telling him like don't do this shit yeah. and then he's like do you want me to get in trouble mm-hmm. like if you put in a report about Matt Dillon being racist you will you will like endanger my career as police chief because right. I work I had to work really hard to get to this position yeah so my understanding was he knows Matt Dillon is racist but he doesn't a really care yeah uh and b he's like my career is more important uh and it might i'll lose my career if i start going after racist okay cops. yeah i didn't full i didn't interpret the line that way but that makes a lot more sense i was just really confused by this scene and was just like it's a confusing why? scene so why does keith david feel like he can't crack down on this in some small way even if he doesn't want to take it up the chain he just does it for know. some reason. I well, don't he know. thinks it's like he thinks it's like funny, yeah, uh, it's or really like absurd. Well, he mostly seems to think it's absurd that Ryan's complaining to him at all. He's just kind of like, "Oh, you newbie, like you really think this fucking matters," which is like crazy. But all right, right. sure, okay. It's almost like having to deal with racist bullshit is like a hazing thing, and yeah. like he had to deal with hanging out with it, so now he does, which is. Which Weird. I guess is like kind of real in a sense. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know what it's actually like in police stations. I just imagine everyone's racist all the time. So maybe this is completely accurate. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And so it concludes with Ryan Felipe saying he still wants to transfer. And Keith David is basically like, okay, well, I'm going to have to come up with some other reason for why you want to transfer. So how about just like unstoppable flatulence? That's just going to yeah. be your reason. You have to you have to give a reason. It can't be this other thing. And so, like, that's what they settle on, I guess. Yeah. 
it, I think that is that supposed Which is to be so funny. Funny. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think we're supposed to think that's funny. Like I don't know. Oh, kill me. Why that? I mean, it's not funny. First of all, no. But I think we are supposed to think it's funny that this is the situation that Ryan Felipe's in. I guess I don't know. Like. What is? Are this we supposed movie? to like? Are we supposed to be annoyed with him for like making waves? Like, I think I, I think don't it's know. supposed to be a situation where it's like, well, you try to do the right thing, and what's even the point? I mean, I guess. Yeah. It's like yeah. don't even bother trying to stop racism because it'll just keep <laughs> happening. I I don't know. Yeah. Does he have yeah. the conversation with Matt Dillon here right after, or is that later? No, that's later. Okay, great. Um, Can't wait. Then we go. <laughs> It's a great convo. So I loved fun. it. I love it. Uh, we're back with the locksmith. Okay. He's he's with the shopkeeper. Yeah. Um, uh. Working on the lock on his door. And so it's basically he, just like a language barrier scene where Michael Pena keeps being like, the problem isn't the lock. I can I fixed the lock, but it's not the lock. The door is broken. And the shopkeeper yes. keeps not being able to understand that the door is broken and being like, no, fix the lock, fix the lock. And Michael Pena's like, I did fix the lock. You have to fix the door. They never come to a conclusion eventually Michael Pena leaves without getting paid because he just gives yeah. up and is just like okay I'm just gonna go and it's like well shit that's how that ends but the shopkeeper I believe is racist to him yeah they're both because the, he's <laughs> well, actually I don't think Michael Pena is racist I Michael think he's Pena is not racist in this movie he's pure who gets off scot-free he yes. is a winner winner he gets out of there and is <laughs> he a did dick. it uh yeah the shopkeeper's racist because he's like are you trying to scam me do you yeah, got a friend who sells stores or something yeah, yeah 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 sure and and he takes it again and mm-hmm. he's like fine don't pay me bye yeah Which, whatever. Like, his reward is that he doesn't get paid like okay is that actually the right thing for people to do in this scenario like is that <laughs> what crash is saying yeah. just like take it when people are racist to you and leave quietly i guess i think so because he's he's our most morally upright character i yeah, think you're right we're supposed to think. you're right uh and so i think he's supposed to he's providing the model for how the non-white people should respond to all this bullshit okay just by taking it and like enduring hardships yes because it's gonna get worse for him but okay yeah sure (laughs) god all right then we're back with luda and his friend uh they're trying to drop this uh car they stole off at this little like carjacking Mm -hmm. uh ring yeah um but there's he's not, he's like Russian or Eastern European or something. Russian, he's got an accent. Yeah. There's sort of like a Russian mob where they're giving these cars to to get money. And the Russian yeah. guy is like, you know, he's really mad because there's blood on the car now from this right. Asian guy that they almost killed but didn't quite mm-hmm. kill. And he's basically like, I can't take the car. And he tells this weird, which I think is also supposed to be funny story about, about Discovery, Discovery Channel. Channel finding people's cars and figuring out when there's blood on them. And I don't know. This movie it's hilarious. Sucks. I, I was laughing and laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like, tears I coming love down my Discovery face. Channel. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love that shit. Yeah. So basically they stole this car for nothing because now they can't even turn it in and it has to be burned up and it can never be resold. Right. Bummer. Yep. Uh, real, real bummer. So then, uh, we cut. This is a really weird scene. Don Cheadle and his his <laughs> cop partner are so having sex. Weird. <laughs> and I... he's in the he's in the middle of boning, and he gets a call from his mom, <laughs> yeah. which he answers. This scene. Well, d- 
Don Cheadle's such a dick in this scene, and I like don't understand why. It's at so all. weird. It's so he answers the call from his mom. Like, he's like, while mom. in the midst of sex with his partner. <laughs> like, still inside like, this woman. Mid-coital, he answers <laughs> his phone call from his mom. It proceeds to, like, have a back and forth. Yeah. It is okay. And, but like, his like, partner. mad at his mom and, like, ragging <laughs> Don't on her. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? And he concludes the conversation by being like, mom, I gotta fuck a white lady. Bye. <laughs> and then hangs up and then his partner is like shocked at this and he's like sorry i thought she'd be more angry if i said you were white and she's like or or he says not white instead of mexican and then she's like i'm actually not mexican like my mom is puerto rican or whatever she says this actress is Mm -hmm. italian so this entire scene is so fucking stupid but she's angry at him because he is Mm -hmm. being a dick and like why why for no reason uh and then he's like Wow. Well, can you tell me how all those like really diverse cultures all together learned how to park their shitty cars on yes. their lawns or something like that? Which is a stereotype of Mexicans right. that they car- park their cars on their lawns. And like, so he's racist. So he's also racist. Guys, get it? <laughs> get it? <laughs> get it? Uh, and she's like, bye. She just she angrily just leaves. leaves. Yeah. Uh, it's really moving. Really, really I tough stuff. I don't know stuff. why this scene exists other it's than to remind us that Don Cheadle is also racist, I guess. Right. Like, that's the only purpose sure. of this scene. And, like, up until this point, he's been, like, pretty chill. I don't he's know. been low-key. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't been as overtly racist. And then I he's feel like, like they, like, added this scene in because they were like, Don Cheadle seems too nice. We need to add in a scene where he's racist. <laughs> like, it right. feels that way because it's so weird that it's here. It's bizarre. Uh, it's really strange. Well, that, it also introduces the mom plot, which, whatever. Yeah. Um, Does it, though? Okay. Does it? Does it really introduce anything at all other than Don uh, Cheadle just being a dick to his mom for no reason? Which, why is he a dick to his mom? Why? I, I think she's on drugs, as we later find out. Yeah, so he's just a dick to her because he's, like, tired of her being on drugs, I guess? I, that's, I, that's what I inferred, but they were never, like, confirmed. Okay. Um, I don't know. I it, great. it really makes him seem like an asshole. And, like, up until this point, yeah. I was neutral on Don Cheadle, and then after the scene, I was like, wow, fuck this guy. Like, what's right. his problem? <laughs> He's got a, a couple, as we can yeah, tell by that last scene. Apparently so. Apparently so. Uh, so then there's a brief scene, real emotional, uh, where Matt Dillon, the racist cop, his dad is having trouble peeing. Um, <sighs> this was where I paused the movie. So like, okay, so this scene is very clearly trying to make us sympathize with Matt Dillon and his problems right. because he keeps his dad has a UTI, but like maybe also has some other medical problem unknown because he can't figure like out prostate his doctor situation yeah 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 so he keeps trying to pee and not being able to and so he keeps helping his dad and there's all these long shots of matt dylan looking sad about it and i just mm-hmm. i just paused it because i was really pissed off because like yeah. i fucking hate this character and i was so yeah. angry that i was being asked to give a shit about him yeah at and they, they reuse this whole thing in uh, Three Billboards where Sam Rockwell's racist cop character is, it turns out, caring for his ailing mother. Okay. Um, and we're supposed to be like, wow, it makes you think. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't. I don't give a shit about this guy. And I hope he dies and his dad dies. Um, 
<laughs> so whatever. I mean, I don't know about his dad. His dad seems uh, fine. I don't fucking. Well, actually, his dad clearly fails the father. I forgot the other stuff we learned about his dad later. I take it back. They can both die. I forgot yeah, about that stuff. I don't care. Kill him. Kill them all. <laughs> Um, great. Anyway, I paused it. I took like an hour and a half break from the movie at this point because I was yeah. so overwhelmed by it. And then I came yeah. back and I kept watching it. But I was really mad at this movie. Yeah. I paused it a couple times. I paused it after the whole after the Thandy scene. Yeah. Uh, other times, I just I needed a lot of breaks from this movie. It's really rough to watch. I really hope no one watches this. No, it's not please good don't. at all. It's not worth it. I can tell you. It, it has much. zero redeeming qualities. Yeah, none at all. There weren't even any hot people in it. None of them really hot. <laughs> See, sometimes in, in the worst, in I mean, the worst there situation, are hot people in it, but they don't look hot because that's not the kind of movie we're watching. <laughs> I yeah, I they're like not. I there's no one I was super into in this uh-huh, movie. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> that the Mary Ellen hot review is okay, a zero. Great. Fair enough. I don't remember how this scene um, ends. Does he call the health insurance people again or no? No, it's just like, wow, he can't pee. That's so sad. Wow, he can't. He can't pee. Wow. And his son is a racist who and his son, yeah, is I also think a sexual predator. Right. It's a lot of tough, issues. You know? It is. Maybe raise your son better. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, so then it's the morning. The shopkeeper opens his store. It's been broken into. All his stuff has been like stolen or messed up. And it's tagged with like... Graffiti. Racist slurs. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. He, the graffiti artist also racist. Of course. Um, of course. And he is upset and sad and it's and it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um Brendan Fraser, who still exists, he's like walking around <laughs> a building. Unfortunately. And, and his and his uh, and his uh black assistant is like, hey, here's Does the this information. Have a name? I you know, it's surprising I don't hard think to figure so. out anybody's names in this movie. But anyway, yeah. his black assistant so, exists. Yeah. His black assistant is like, hey, here's that cop who murdered the other cop case. Here you go. <laughs> uh and he's like, Wow, or I'll make a statement about this later. I gotta look at this. Uh-huh. Cool. That's that scene. Yep. Then we're back with Ludacris and his friend. Yeah. They're exiting the house in the morning. And Luda is again going on one of his rants where he's like, it's okay for black people to steal from white people. It's not okay for black people to steal from black people. Right. Um, and his friend is like, what? Which is important because it's going to come up later, sort yeah, of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, and then Luda tries to start his car. Ludacris doesn't, isn't this where Ludacris says something disparaging about black women too? There's a line that he has where he says something like, well, you just, you know, you can't trust them. They're only looking out for themselves. It's really weird. There's so many lines in this movie where I'm just like, Yeah, what? I feel he definitely said something specifically about black women. I don't remember where I think it was. It's the, I think it's this scene, but I don't remember yeah. how it comes up because the movie's so well written and everything follows yeah. logically. And it's every, definitely not every... just a series of racist statements made in a row. Yes. It's... There's oh no connection between the thoughts. It's just like just spewing bullshit it's, constantly. It's like it's it's as though Paul Haggis was like, well, I need to deliver this part. So I just I'm going to put it in yeah. this scene. It doesn't matter where anything goes. Right. Anyway. Which I don't know. Um, so they get in the car. His car won't start. And he's like, what'd you do in my car? It's hilarious. It's so uh, funny. Then we're back with Sandra Bullock, the racist. <laughs> 
Uh, and she's like staring all mad at her dishwasher. Oh my god! And her housekeeper comes in. Her housekeeper's like, I went to the school because he forgot his his something, and is like going on about all the shit she's been doing that morning, yeah. like for her child yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And Sandra's like, Well, maybe <laughs> you could unpack the fucking dishwasher or like some bullshit like that. Yeah, like it's she, so like, absurd. At her. I was also like made crazy by the fact that this housekeeper's character is also named Maria. I I, I <laughs> oh, find. Crazy. Like, why yeah. couldn't Paul Haggis come up with another name? He Make couldn't. an effort. Anyway, no. other Maria just sadly yeah. is like, okay, okay, yes, Miss Jean. Yeah, <laughs> I'll Great. unload the dishwasher. It's the worst. Sandra Bullock is the worst. I wish, I wish this housekeeper had pushed her down the stairs. I hope she did. I think she did. That we just don't get to <laughs> She's see. She's really it. quick. <laughs> She's like in the shadows. That's we're great. We're not at the stairs scene yet. Don't worry, guys. No. We're gonna get there. Don't worry. <laughs> Best part then, of the movie. Then we're on a TV show set. All of a sudden, fucking Tony Danza's here for literally just one scene. <laughs> he pops up because he wanted a piece of the action. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Terrence Howard, who is like the producer of the show or showrunner or something. He's something. He's not in it. He's behind the scenes in some form. But yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, my black co-star didn't sound black enough in that last scene. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he keeps changing his lines to be grammatically correct. And I need you to tell him to stop and change it to be these ungrammatical, <laughs> shitty lines that we wrote for him. And Terrence right. kind of is like, well, you know, these other lines he's saying, they seem fine. And Tony Dance is like, hey, who's in charge here? Or like whatever the fuck he says. He's like, are we going to have a problem <laughs> here? Are we going to have a mm-hmm. problem? And Terrence is kind of like no okay and it's just like (laughs) i guess this means terrence is gonna like bend over for this white guy at work too like look at what his life is like like i wasn't sure what we were supposed to take from this other than that maybe like what yeah i guess yeah it's i think i think it's supposed to be like a continuation of his arc where it's like He's always complying with Yeah, but there's no ending. People. Well, I guess there kind of is. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> did you know this was nominated for Best Original Screenplay? Yeah. Oh, it won. I'm sorry, it won. It won. Yeah, it won that. And then Matt Dillon was nominated for Best Supporting what? Actor. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, all right. Anyway, back to, back to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just distracting myself. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Matt Dillon, uh, he <laughs> decides to visit the insurance people in person. Yeah. So oh. he goes into this, this oh. office where the black lady is there who had spoken with him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, this is the, this is the woman who plays Chief Weber's wife on Grey's Anatomy. I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy lately. So cool. her name is Loretta Devine. That's the actress's name. Loretta Devine. Yeah, I think she's like a famous actress. Well, um, she's good in this terrible part. As, I mean, as good as she could have been. Yeah. Um, so Matt Dillon shows up and she's like, "Oh, hey, we spoke on the phone. <laughs> oh, I believe hey, you're that fucking guy." <laughs> you're she, right. And he's like, "She's very polite to him. Yes. Far more than she should have to be." Right. And he's like, "Listen, I was really stressed out. <laughs> like, I'm sorry about my blatant racism." But um, then he's like fucking defensive also, and is like, "Well." The thing about that is, and he tells this fucking story about his dad, where he's like, my dad, I, God, what, what kind of business did his dad have? Janitor. He was a janitor. Right. Or like, 
he managed a building or right, something and he hired all these black bunch janitors. Of janitorial staff and he's like yeah my dad was the manager of like a bunch of black people and he yeah. didn't treat them like shit and then some sort of law was passed where minority owned businesses were given preference and then my dad got put out of business and he didn't do anything wrong and it's like this crazy it's, story well the best is like he manages to be not racist for a minute yeah like and he comes in he's like he's like here's right. a story about how i'm not racist and how my dad isn't and it's actually a story about how they are like right right what? and he's like in all that time my dad said nothing yeah, about like, all the black people dad. stealing his jobs yeah it's like really dude like what also That's like, so noble i don't buy this story like yeah. what like i'm sorry how did your dad get put out of business exactly was he not willing to work with other business owners like what was the actual situation like right. what do you mean it's a real stretch that like, like some, there's some stuff some being law. left out here that yeah. like there's this weird like affirmative action law that yeah. was suddenly like yeah. what now only black people are allowed to own businesses <laughs> and white people now aren't and have like, to go to jail pretty sure that law doesn't exist my friend no. so when yeah. everything you're describing in this story isn't adding up exactly it's crazy Which, to be fair like that racist bullshit about affirmative action is like that oh, it's where it's like and i wrong. didn't get into college <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny for me to even bring that up this week with the fucking college scandal which is oh like my god insane yeah. but yeah yeah so like laws like that don't even really exist and affirmative action doesn't even do enough first of all but like right. him describing this law i was just like i've got a lot of questions about this supposed yeah. law and like what yeah. actually put your dad out of business because i have a feeling your version of events is wrong but anyway this woman is like politely listening and is basically just like you know your dad sounds like a nice man maybe if he'd been the one who'd come in here and and advocated for himself we'd be having a very different conversation but unfortunately it was you and, and you fucking suck leave are being racist and i'm gonna yeah. need you to go <laughs> like she because he was like he was like raising his voice and getting like aggressive with her and yeah. stuff like uh, he's terrible and she's basically like i'm not gonna help you <laughs> yeah because what he was trying to get from her was approval he doesn't think this is a good doctor mm-hmm. and so he's trying to get approval to be well, covered for a doctor to, outside like, a network break the law for him basically right he's like what, i don't think he, doesn't he want her to just sign off on a doctor that isn't actually like within his network and she's like but i, I can't do i think that. you can do that if there's like special circumstance okay I, it seems like she actually did have the power to do that i couldn't tell if she actually did but or was not like, no <laughs> i mean like that's fine too <laughs> right because fuck this guy i hope your dad dies like see ya <laughs> also like his dad seems racist like i don't know this whole story no one bad. gets like that racist without some parental influence like yeah, i don't know i don't I, know just man. the whole story of him being like my dad was never a racist even though the circumstances of his life clearly should have made him one and right. it's like what are you saying dude it's what awful. are you saying anyway just a bunch of bullshit it's great um so he leaves angrily yeah. he's like why am i so racist all the time <laughs> Uh, then there's a scene where the shopkeeper, he's like looking over his store and he's on the phone with the locksmith company that employs yes. the locksmith And there's like guy. an insurance guy who comes in. That's later. Oh, okay. I don't remember. But he's on the phone with a, I don't know why they did this, but it's a, <laughs> a clearly pregnant woman who is smoking. 
I don't know if, why. Like she's you know robbing. What? Like people she, are terrible. You know what I mean? She's got she's got her her shirt like rolled up over her belly, and she's yeah. like rubbing her belly. So she's, she's like just clearly pregnant. Up, you know? All right. Fuck and it. I is it supposed to be like ha ha? Like I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. So the the locksmith company says uh, our guy told you to it's fix your the door, door. Yeah. and you need to fix the door and he fixed the lock so he, we're not liable. Mm-hmm. So bye. Yep. And he's he's mad about that. And and meanwhile the shopkeeper's wife is like look at all these horrible things they wrote about us. Mm-hmm. Um we're not even Arab. I don't know why they would write these things. Yeah. Cool. Uh then uh Don Cheadle visits his mom. And she's in a way she there's like a, a, a like drug paraphernalia on the table. Yeah, like I guess heroin. I don't know. She's I, there's a spoon. So she, I think it's yeah, there's something that she's injecting. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he and she's just like sitting outside, and he's like, "It's cold. Come on in." And she's mm-hmm. like out of it. Like she keeps asking him to look for his brother. Yes. Um, but seems like not quite to be tracking with what's happening around yeah, her. Yeah, it's like she asks where his brother is, and then a few minutes later asks the ex- identical question again. That kind of thing. So she's right. maybe super high. I couldn't tell at first if she was high or she like had Alzheimer's or like what the right. situation was. Right. But yeah, I guess she's just supposed to be high. I don't know. And then he looks in like her fridge and it's all this expired food and he mm-hmm. like is all sad. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets back in the car with his partner and his partner's like, did you apologize to your mom? And he's like, she wasn't there. Like, why? Which, like, why does he lie? I don't know. Well, why like, does he just his- say like, yeah, I did. Like, don't be a dick, Don Cheadle. Like, what are you right. doing? Well, earlier on, his partner's like, you always keep people at an emotional distance. Why do you do that? Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know how characterization works where people just like name Say things. Say a personality uh, trait that someone else has, even though we don't yeah. see it. I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's also like, why would she even be attracted to him? He's such a dick. Like, He's what? so annoying. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, they're in Then love. we go back. They're, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, they go back to the um, set of the show. Mm-hmm. And Terrence is hanging out and his wife shows up. Yeah. And they fight again. Yeah. Um, and she's basically like, you just stood there and you didn't do anything. And that made me so mad. And, and it's kind and of like a repetition upset. of the prior scene. Like they don't really basically. reach a better place here. And he kind of blames no. her for the assault in this scene. In yeah. A way, which I was really sad that this was the direction they went with them. Yeah. Where, and like, she cries. She and... blames Terrence for not standing up for her. And then he yeah. blames her. And it's like, what? At no point yeah. do they get to like, we should really be blaming this cop for putting us in this horrible position and like forcing us to blame each other. They never like right. really get there. No. It's sad. It is. I. It's so good. I loved it. And I was like, this is edgy and deep. Yeah. And it's wow. really making a statement so real about right human now. nature. And I yeah. love what it's saying. Just and, like crashing into uh-huh. each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> right. Uh, so then... <laughs> <laughs> the shopkeeper oh wait wait, wait 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 i skipped ahead yes no i didn't the shopkeeper the insurance this, guy shows up the insurance the agent yeah and he's like hey so everybody everybody else has said in every prior scene is still the case <laughs> you needed to fix the door and not the lock and he didn't and yeah. you didn't and like i think this is the daughter's there and she's able to like translate this yeah. um and the father finally gets it kind of but it still blames the locksmith ultimately 
Yeah, uh, because the insurance is refusing to pay. They're like, we're not right. covering And this. so the, the shopkeeper's like, I'm completely ruined. Like, my life is over. I mean, it's really sad. Yeah. Like, it's a sad scene. Yeah, and then he keeps, and he's like, go to work to, like, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, in every scene, they're like, don't you have work? Go to work. <laughs> like, like, she's got a job. Oh, my God. I like know. She's abandoned her family with this job. I don't and know. we finally find out what that job is at the end, and it yeah, doesn't fucking it's matter. Like a meaningful, yeah. It doesn't even matter. Anyway. <laughs> so then, Ryan Felipe, uh, he goes up to Matt Dillon, he's like, see ya, bitch. Oh, like, oh my he god. He doesn't say see ya, bitch, he should, I but wish he's he like, did, but he doesn't. Yeah. He's like, maybe you heard I got transferred. Yeah. And Matt Dillon's like, yeah, no hard feelings, man. It's cool. And then he goes to shake his hand. He like pulls him like uncomfortably close to him. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't know shit yet. This job changes you. You think you know who you are. Give it a couple years. And, and like and Ryan Felipe like, tries to get away. away. Yeah. Like he tries to look away. And Matt Dillon's like, no, look me in the eyes. This job <laughs> changes you. And Ryan Felipe is like, okay. But Matt Dillon is right. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the movie is telling us that Matt Dillon is correct. Like, um, that was crazy to me. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, we'll get there, but, like, basically it's, Matt Dillon is saying, like, everybody's a racist, and there's nothing <laughs> you can fucking do. Come, come here. Come think, really close. You think you're not a racist? You are. <laughs> you are, buddy. You, just wait. Just wait, buddy. <laughs> um, the real racist is you. <laughs> and Ryan Felipe is like, no, I'm not. I'm not a racist. You'll see. It's not. I'm it's... I'm immune. It's not inside me. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's not immune. But anyway, we'll get he's... there. Are any of us truly? According uh, to Crash, so then... no. According no. to Crash, no. There's nothing you can do. It's just racism's there. It's like a virus. That's such a that's such a horrible lesson. I know. (laughs) It's like, what can he do? We're all racist. Like that. There's no personal accountability taken by any character, really, or at least Mm -mm. the white characters. I don't. Certainly not. It's Um, it's crazy that that's the lesson. Anyway, that's that scene. Yeah. So then Cheadle and his partner are called into the to where the car is. The car of the guy who got shot and killed, of the black cop. Same guy, okay. Same guy it's as the before. Same, it's the same black guy who's been shot the by cop. the other cop. Yeah. yeah. So then they look in the trunk of his car and find a spare tire, but inside the spare tire is like a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And so, of like cash. And so then like, it's like, oh, oh, was he a dirty cop? Like, what's right, the situation he here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we're back with the shopkeeper and he's throwing stuff in the garbage and he fishes out a receipt with the locksmith's name on it mm-hmm. from the garbage. Yeah. And so and and the fucking soundtrack. Um, <laughs> okay, we haven't even talked about the soundtrack. Yeah. It do, it it's, becomes more noticeably absurd as time goes on. It's Okay, so there's so much religious music in this movie like mm-hmm. across religions, but there's a lot of just like different religious music played that's the main soundtrack the entire time which i think is supposed to hammer home the like this is a parable of man (laughs) like it is all of us and what can we do and it's so i hate it so much and it made me more crazy to have like angelic choirs singing stuff during this movie i was like 
fuck you like yeah. fuck you for doing that like we're supposed to be like be wow bringing a higher power into this shit <laughs> how dare no you make god, god look upon this <laughs> god does not exist here okay no fuck not you, in this reality no. fuck you man uh, anyway and yeah at like one point it's like church choral music and then it's like like a minarets like uh-huh. kind of call to yeah, prayer arabic music there's a lot of blending of those things but i either way it's so annoying it's like fuck yeah. you movie fuck you it's it's so cloying do and not obvious pretend and to be gross deep. do but not anyway, so there's some like <laughs> when he's like digging yeah. through the garbage but it's like, and like scary like, and oh. ominous like <laughs> um then we're back oh my god <laughs> Listen, now, i guys. don't even i don't even know how i'm gonna talk about this scene oh, it makes no. me so Are angry at the gasoline scene we're at the car crash scene no. with andy yeah <laughs> no. i can't i can't even talk about how i don't it's 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 an insult uh, this to scene film was so okay i this is the scene I don't. I, okay. We, I guess we just have to describe it. I don't. I don't. Even... I. I. Okay. So Matt Dillon, racist cop, comes up on okay. a car crash. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Crash. The movie Crash. He sees um, the movie Crash. We he's like, wow. We watch it with him. We go Which to the theater. Weird. <laughs> so then he um, leaves the movie, and then there is yeah. a crash outside. And, Ironic. And wouldn't you know it? Okay. So a car's been overturned. And, yes. and who who's in the car but but Thandie Newton herself. Old Thandie, yeah. Old Thandie. And so he comes up to the car and the reveal like they both realize it's the other one as he's trying to save her from the car. Right. So he's climbed in because the car is, uh, is uh, like Overturned, upside down. And there's the he's another climbed car into the passenger the window. Yeah. And yeah. so he's and the other car's on fire. Yeah. And there's gasoline yeah. everywhere. And it's like, everywhere. we gotta save Thandy from this crash before the gasoline lights up the entire car. And like, right. her acting is great here, but this fucking scene is so, it made me want to throw up. So like, she yeah. sees him, realizes it's the man who sexually assaulted her recently. And gets terrified. Like, a day ago? Like, that yeah. wasn't that fucking, like, yesterday? Anyway, she starts screaming and crying and saying, don't touch me understandable except there's not time for him to get someone else to save her because this is a movie that has created an absurd hell scenario (laughs) where she has to be saved by the man who sexually assaulted her a day ago now Mm -hmm. she has to be and she just there's no other way sobbing and like then there's this weird turn where she like starts to like him kind of in this scene because he's being he's being all like now he's like gentle racist cop he's like it's okay i got you i got you i gotta save you yeah. it's okay shh, shh, shh. So we don't have like any time cutting her seatbelt off and he's like i'm gonna reach across you like now he gives a shit about consent all of a sudden right he's, he's nice now guys and he's like i'm gonna cut off the seatbelt and he and he catches her in his arms and guys and they're like faced they're like so like, like right sexual. up in each other's personal it's space sexual. yes and like she is like falling onto him like he's directly mm-hmm. under her and their faces are right up next to each other it's right this scene was so difficult to watch like i was it's like, like genuinely really disturbing uncomfortable like i kept looking away and then being like i have to watch this for the show <laughs> what anything for the fucking pod man <laughs> it's 
so upsetting. Okay, so he then is carrying her, dragging her out of the car. It mm-hmm. is sexual well, at first, and weird. At first, at first, they they pull him out because everything starts catching on yeah, fire. Yeah, so yeah. like, so like they the pull him out. Nearby is lighting up, and like there's a trail of fire coming towards the car that Thandy's in, and the cops run up and they pull him out, and he's leaping forward and fighting them off to dive back into the car to save her. And I'm for, like, are you fucking? It's. it's and it's all in slow it's, motion and angels are screaming in the background. Oh, and mm-hmm. like, there's this moment where you think the car, the car starts lighting up on fire and you think maybe she's just going to die. And then you think maybe both of them are going to die because he leaps back in and you see the car burning. But no, they both managed to make it out. All of this is in Great. slow motion. So you have to wait like 10 minutes to see that. Mm-hmm. But they make yeah. it out. And then mm-hmm. other cops sort of grab Thandy. And as they're leading her away, she looks behind her like at him in this yeah. sort of meaningful look like, wow. Yeah. Like, I, thanks, man. Wow. And I fucking hate it. So uh, much. Uh, also, uh, they are on the cover of the poster. It's the two of yeah. them. It's him hugging pick. her. Like this is like holding her is, emotional little body. That's awful. horrifying. It's so, disgusting. Are we supposed to see this as an even trade? I think we are. Yeah, I think it's like wow, he's much more complicated than a racist fucking cop but who he's molests not. women. At but all. he's still that guy. He's still you don't get to erase. He's that still the thing. exact same guy. Like he's right. he did his fucking job, which is like saving a woman from a wreck. Right. That's his right. normal job he does. That's just an right. everyday thing he does. Except right. also he's, he's a sex that. predator. That's a, that's <laughs> a separate side. thing. That's just a separate thing he also... It's not his job, Dabbles technically. In. Yeah, it's a hobby, really. So, like, we're supposed to be proud of him for fucking doing his job, but also, like, re-traumatizing a woman he assaulted a day prior? Like, what the fuck? I, I mean... Yeah. It's so, it's disgusting, it's cheap, it's it's offensive, it's tasteless, it's sick. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bad movie! It's just like, why, why are you putting this in front of me? Like, why were you making like, me what? look at this? How <laughs> dare you? Being asked to react to it. Yeah, it's just it's so fucking stupid and absurd and and, and like why do only twelve people live in LA? Right. <laughs> Where's like the like, other like literally EMT? only this guy? Like this right. is the only guy who could save her? It's right. this guy. Guys, it's, guess what? If you molest somebody when you're a cop and yeah. then you go save like 12 people guess what you're still somebody who molested someone yeah like you don't that doesn't you don't just get to like you drop can't, that you can't actually cancel it out ever it no, turns out it's not there's not like a karmic little <laughs> calculation there no uh so fuck this guy i wish he died i wish she killed him somehow died. i so th- i felt so complicated about that because i wanted him to die in the scene but i was also like if he had died the movie would be painting him as like a weird martyr so right. it was like a weird situation where i was like the scene has no correct ending everything right. about the scene is bad no matter what if she dies right. it's horrible if they both died in each other's arms i would have fucking hated that like, i would have i would have just left the country i wanted it, but there is no good ending to this no it should have happened <laughs> it should have never happened <laughs> this movie it's ridiculous is, this movie won awards i hate i can't believe it's i mean i can but it, i don't want to believe it yeah it's upsetting Yep. Best movie of the year, Roger Ebert. Uh, anyway, um, where are we? 
Uh, I don't know. The movie can, somehow the movie continues after that scene. Yeah. You, can, you, start to get, you start to get the feeling like what, where things just keep assaulting your senses and you're like, why is this still happening? Yeah. Like it should be over. <laughs> it should have ended. Yeah. Like how can it top itself? Well, um, it, it arguably does, but yeah. yeah, let's continue. Sure. So then uh, there's the meeting between um, Don Cheadle and a representative of Brendan Fraser. Oh. Um, is that the and scene he's like, that's next? Okay. Yeah. I, you it's know, all kind of running together for me. Like, I don't even remember what order anything's in anymore. But yeah, yeah, this fucking guy sucks. He shows up and he's like, hey, what do you think about this crazy cop killing cop situation? I think <laughs> we go after white cop guy uh-huh. and because he's killed two other black people. Yeah. Side note. This yeah. is number three. Yeah. Uh, and so clearly he's like a racist psycho and needs to go to jail. Uh-huh. And then Don Cheadle's like, wait, though, uh-huh. I found we found money in the car the guy was driving. So it's it, it's probably a little more complicated than that. He's also probably on drugs. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, I'm like, which Don Cheadle. Like, oh God, this is such a weird thing for them to make him do. But he ends up right. being in the position of having to be like, you know, this might not be a racist motivated crime. It might have just been about drugs and I think the movie wants us to think that is what it is, is that it's about yeah. drugs and that this other black character who we never meet was on drugs. Like, I think we're supposed to maybe think that and be like, yeah, wow, it's crazy how political people have to paint things in a certain way as being a hate crime. But really, it's all about drugs. And it's like, but meanwhile, he shot two other black yeah, people. Like, like he's got a record. People? We don't even right. really know. What were the circumstances? Um, we're not told. Yeah. And so and so the guy like is like, look, this is like a political arena. We people don't like complicated narratives. Mm-hmm. We need to, I don't know, I appeal to the black vote or something for the yeah, DA race. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and so we need to just, it's its much less complicated if we just go after this guy. Yeah. And then he says a bunch of bullshit he about how black people. He says just a bunch people, of racist stuff. Just like, yeah. he's like, well, I've got you here. Um, <laughs> do you want to like, just, like have a little conversation about like how black people do drugs all the time and constantly get themselves into trouble? And like, doesn't that embarrass you? And Don Tino's like, what? And he's like, oh, you know, like, don't you just feel constantly embarrassed by the black community? And like, how you guys just. It's insane. It's it, like, he just does this monologue. But then at the end of it, he's like, but seriously, though, I was just kind of kidding before. Like, I know that's what everybody would think. I was more saying what everyone else is thinking. Like, he kind of tries to, like, weirdly walk it back at the very it's end. It's so weird. Where he's like. And this is the only time we see these ca- this character. So we don't really know his random deal. This guy who works for Brendan Fraser. And it's like, who the fuck is this guy? And like, what? <laughs> who are you? Here? Why are you doing this? But then also he's like offering Don Cheadle a job later. Yeah. So he brings up, he's like, (laughs) he says something like, we actually were considering, because Don Cheadle's like, I'm not doing this. It's too complicated. I'm not playing into your narrative. And the guy was like, that's too bad because we were going to give you this job. Yeah. I forget. It doesn't matter. It's like some Uh, job working for the DA that would be a good job. I don't know. Sure. And he's like, the only issue is your brother. Yeah. He's like, he's got a record. He's in the three strikes law. Man, that's a mess of law, which it is. And then he kind of says something like, you know, it's it. 
prisons are really racist and but it's like also that's dovetailed with all the racist shit he just said which is really weird where he kind of tries to be like so like i'm not racist but also like what's up with black people like it's yeah the worst scene it's like they just can't help it can they yeah that's one of his what are you saying it's horrifying. I, it's tough too because Don Cheadle doesn't really get to have a response. Like I feel he doesn't like say anything. This is the problem with this movie is that like it's almost like Paul Haggis can't really imagine what these other characters of color would say in response to these things. So he right. just kind of like writes all the racist shit that the white characters say and has them say it, and then has like characters of color standing there uncomfortably. <laughs> like right. that is the thing that those characters get to do in this movie, and like. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't really think that's how that should go. Like, have you ever tried saying any of these things? I mean, maybe he has, and this is the reactions that Paul Haggis (laughs) has been getting in his life, and he's like, well, this is usually how these conversations go for me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but it feels... It sucks that Don Cheadle, like, as a character... He's barely a character, but he doesn't get a response here where he's like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? Like, you... you, You can't stop to me and also like i <laughs> don't want to work for you but he does he's like yeah i want yeah. this job i would love to keep hanging out with this individual in a professional context so then he like see he's the the white guy takes out this big file of his brother's record and he's like but you know we can look the other way with your brother's record and still hire you for this job if you're willing to just say that this other white cop did a hate crime and don Cheadle's right like, okay done sold so I guess, I don't know, like, what are we supposed to make of Don Cheadle here? Like, I don't... I don't know. No. I don't know. Um, and so he goes over to Brendan Fraser's like, hey, man. And Brendan Fraser's like, what do you think? And he's like, I think it was clearly it was racism. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Brendan's, and Brendan's like, like, cool. Right, cool. And he, so he goes and gives his public statement. Mm-hmm. Great. And the public statement really is him cool. being like, so, I know you guys heard I got carjacked the other yeah. day. But... <laughs> let me tell you about this cool hate crime i busted and like that's right. how he's spinning it basically right uh as if there's aren't enough like actual hate crimes out there to, to go invent, i mean that's this, that's basically <laughs> what this movie is saying is like right. they had to dig up a hate crime for brendan to talk about in his little speech which is so right. fucked up it's, it's like, like it's it's really well, you know how hate crimes up. barely happen but you just you constantly black people are stealing cars and we aren't allowed to talk about it you know that's the case paul haggis is like so brave like he's the bravest he's really brave for finally saying the things we're all thinking you know all of us we all think it (laughs) jesus fucking christ all right then we go back to luda and his friend they try to carjack terrence yes they run up on him, and Luda is shocked to see a black man in the front seat. Of this gorgeous uh, car that they've been trying to take. So the reason they're trying to take this car is because the Russian mob still wants that same make and model of that car for whatever reason. They're looking for one of those. And so Terrence yeah. is driving it, which we already knew from before. So they try to steal it. And then Ludacris is just like, oh, no, <laughs> I have to steal <laughs> a from black a black man. guy. But then also he's a hypocrite, guys, because Terrence gets out of the car and is fighting back. And Ludacris keeps shouting at his friend like shoot him shoot him which is exactly what Ludacris always said he would never do and yet right. he is a hypocrite now by wanting to attack mm. terrence 
And Terrence is suddenly a bad person in this movie. Terrence is suddenly like very hostile. Yes. And is like, don't call me the N word mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And so I think we're supposed to be like, wow, he's had enough. And yes. so he's finally oh, standing up. This is but him like, finally standing up for himself against two black people from black the projects <laughs> trying to steal his car. Like he's right. finally standing up for himself as a man? Question mark. All right. Okay. It's like, whatever. So then his friend runs away, ends mm-hmm. up running away, and then Luda gets in the car with him, holding a gun to him, and Terrence drives away. Well, the cops see something going on and follow the car. Yeah, they see the fight right outside and the gun and stuff. Yeah. So they do see right. that a fight happened, and they start following the car. So they, like, corner him in a cul-de-sac And or it's also Ryan Felipe, who's one of the cops here. Matt yes. Dillon is not there, but Ryan Felipe no. is there. And a bunch yes. of other cops are there. Apparently, all, again, only 20 people live in there this city. There are only, yeah. And there's only five um, cops and they're all racist. <laughs> they are extremely overworked. It makes them racist. Yeah. I mean, um, you know how it is. So anyway, they pull yeah. him over. Terrence gets out of the car and Luda kind of like ducks down Hides. in the passenger seat for this entire scene, like hiding himself. And so yeah. Terrence gets out and puts his hands up. But well, no, Terrence is immediately hostile. Right. You're right. He's you're like, right. hey, man, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care. I don't care about your orders. Like, just totally like lost it. Yeah. Um, and at first, at first, the cops are like doing back and forth with him. And then after a lot of this, like Ryan Felipe recognizes Terrence Howard immediately, but he doesn't right. do anything at first. And then after like a couple minutes and it seems like the situation Where it looks keeps like escalating. the cops are going to shoot them. Yeah. yeah. Ryan finally steps in and is like, hold on, hold on. I know this guy. I recognize this guy because he fucking recognizes him from matt right. dylan assaulting this guy's wife uh, two mm-hmm. days ago like he does right. recognize him because that was like right. a formative experience for him so sure. he steps in and he does like okay at diffusing this situation i would say like right. he, it takes a while but eventually ryan felipe manages to convince the other officers that he knows terrence howard goes up to terrence and is like hey man like you know i know sorry about your wife <laughs> he doesn't even say that no he doesn't no. apologize he's just kind of like i'm trying to fix shit for you so like don't be an idiot i mean it's yeah. like he's a sh- he's shitty but he manages to diffuse the situation so like in this scene i was kind of like all right like ryan felipe is like a dumbass but like at least he managed to save this guy's life albeit in a weird way but like okay cool so at the end right. of the day terrence howard gets to get back in his car ludicrous is not caught they drive off and Ryan mm-hmm. Felipe has kind of saved the day ish, I guess. Sure. Why yeah. not? Let's give him a parade. Whatever. Great. Uh, fuck cops. And then uh, <laughs> Terrence drives around the corner, lets Luda go. And he's like, you embarrass me. Yeah. You embarrass yourself. And like drops him off. Which. Okay. Fuck you, Crash. <laughs> Just. it's. There's definitely like a, oh, like black people. Like it's, I don't, I don't, uh, fuck it. It's just bad. It's, Whatever it's trying to do, it sucks and it's bad and it's bad. Yep. And it's, I hate it. Yep. I agree. Fuck this movie. Then we go, uh, oh yeah, this is a fun one. We're in like a little, <laughs> we're in a little neighborhood. The locksmith comes oh, home. Oh God. Okay. Meanwhile, the shopkeeper is lurking in his fucking car, getting his gun ready. <gasps> so now we know he's going to try and kill Michael Pena, which like, yeah. okay. Sure. <laughs> Why? He hops out. But he runs sure. up on uh, on Michael Pena. He's like, give me my fucking money. And Michael Pena's like, doesn't know who he is at have first. Money. And then figures it out, kind of. And is like, I don't have your money. I'm sorry for what happened or whatever. And then yeah. like, 
he's drawn his gun on Michael Pena, but he doesn't shoot him, except then Michael Pena's daughter's looking through the window and seeing this mm-hmm. happen. And she's mm-hmm. like talking to their mom in the kitchen, to her mom in the kitchen, and is like, oh, he doesn't have the cloak. He needs the cloak. And then she like yeah. runs out and yeah. runs in between the gun and jumps into her dad's arms. Mm-hmm. And the shopkeeper shoots the gun mm-hmm. in surprise mm-hmm. at this little girl. And for mm-hmm. like, I don't know, five agonizing angelic music minutes, we think she's dead. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, are you fucking? Yeah. I was like, I was really? Like, I was oh like, my this God, is insane. Fuck this movie for just yeah. showing me another horrifying thing for no reason. Right. Like, why yep. is this happening? Why is any of this happening? Because of racism. But it's not really. It's just no. like a horrible thing happened to different people. And just then a now... series of bad decisions yeah. were made. Like, why, though? I don't even. Not for any real reason. I don't know. Anyway, it turns out that there were blanks in the gun. Because. Oh, did you not get that? No. I was like, <laughs> why did she die? <laughs> oh my God. I didn't understand okay. what had happened. Yeah. So the daughter put blanks on the gun. That's that's oh. the reveal. And like way later back at the shop, they do a pan over the box of bullets that she bought and they say blanks on the box. Oh. So it's well, like that's, da- that's a dangerous never, game. I know. Well, because also sometimes blanks don't work. So yeah. Anyway, what if he was actually in like a a serious situation? I think she just didn't believe that her father could handle owning a gun. And so she just was like, clearly, I mean, he couldn't couldn't, clearly. So she was right to think that. But yeah, anyway. Wow. I, yeah, no, job? I totally missed that. that I was, was like, really well, I guess the cloak <laughs> what is real. What think happened? Oh my God. I, I thought he missed or something. <laughs> no, no, there are blanks in the gun. And so okay. the right. daughter is fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's crying. The shopkeeper mm-hmm. runs away and yeah. it's fine. And the locksmith brings his daughter back and is like holding her and mm-hmm. like, Leaves. it's sweet but it's also like what the fuck is this movie <laughs> and why, fuck do I, why am i watching it yeah yeah anyway uh that's that scene then, that happens <laughs> uh then there's a brief scene of don Cheadle dropping off groceries for his mom mm-hmm. in the apartment just getting her set up cool uh and then there's a brief scene of ryan felipe in the in the cop station and none of the cops want to talk to him anymore because he stopped a murder because he's not because he's not racist, so he's not cool anymore. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't think it's a white cop who doesn't talk to him, too. I, think- I don't like any of it. I don't like what I see. Um, whatever. Anyway. Then there's a classic scene uh, with Sandra Bullock. She's at oh her house. She's boy. on the phone. I love this With her scene. friend, who's also racist, her friend. Yeah. She's like, oh, this fucking housekeeper. Yeah. You're, you get rid of housekeepers like once a week. Don't talk to me. And she's like, I'm so mad at the world and, and every black person, and every brown person and everyone. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. And then she falls down the stairs. <laughs> and it's like slow motion. She falls down the stairs and it's like a slow pan over her body. And she she's lying there. there. It's presented as like sad and hard yeah. for her that she's I'm like, like saying some racist bullshit to her friend on the phone and then falls down the stairs. It's like fucking right. die. Just go ahead yeah. and die. Good. Sandy. Like good. Honestly, like what? Why am I supposed to like you? Like, why do I care? Right. I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is pretty funny. Uh, this is the this is the part where I wish the housekeeper had been the one to push her. But I like to imagine that that's what it was. Yeah. We don't see. We don't see that. <laughs> Maybe anyway. she like whacks the floors because she like slips on the so. floor. Yeah, so. yeah. She yeah. slips on like the carpeted stairs. That housekeeper. Yeah. God, she needs a new job. You know. Truly. Truly. And then this is another fun scene. A lot of fun happens <laughs> in this movie. I love the end. I just love everything that's happened up to now and then the end. Um, so Ryan Felipe is driving around and he picks up Ludacris's friend. Oh, okay. Uh, because okay. Ludacris's friend was wandering around ever okay. since the, the carjacking gone awry. Yeah. Then... This guy. Okay, so yeah. so you know how Ryan Felipe was always going to turn out to be racist? <laughs> you know how we knew that? You know how that was just a central lesson of this film? Mm-hmm. Well, he is. And so yeah. they have this, like, conversation about country music and Luda's friend, whose name is Peter, by the way, not that they ever oh, fucking okay. say it, but his name is sure. apparently Peter, is like... Mm-hmm talking about how he's he's finally starting to understand country music and he's starting to get it and then he sees that the guy the cop guy has the same little uh figurine of a saint on his dashboard that he'd mm-hmm. had in a previous scene and he sees the it, saint christopher saint christopher yeah. and he starts like kind of laughing at it and yeah. ryan felipe is like what's so funny what's so fucking funny and gets like really aggressive and mm-hmm. Peter's like nothing nothing's funny like don't worry about it and like then somehow this leads to a situation where eventually Peter feels like he has to justify why he's laughing because Ryan's being so fucking aggressive about it so he's like okay yeah. okay I'll show you and then but he's, he reaches, but he's he's weirdly aggressive about it too he's like you want to see it's so fucking funny and yeah. like reaches for yeah and he reaches in his pocket and Ryan thinks he's taking out a gun and mm-hmm. shoots him dead dead mm-hmm. and it turns out he was just taking out his own saint christopher <laughs> from his pocket <laughs> which is mm-hmm. like it's a fucking like gift of the magi of racism bullshit here where it's like he was just taking out the figurine it wasn't a guy like, i don't fucking know it's I- it's supposed to be like a parable but it just makes ryan felipe seem like a racist yeah yeah. So I mean, I if don't the lesson feel sorry is for him at all, he killed right. a man for no reason. Right. Are we supposed to think it was reasonable that he just shot this guy? Mm, I hope not. I, I don't know. It wasn't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, um, if the lesson was like all cops are racist, fine. Yeah. Okay. But I think the lesson in this movie is like Everyone's even if you racist. think you're not racist, you are. So. <laughs> And also, like, if push comes to shove, you will shoot a black man. Right! That's basically like, what it is. Is is it, that. I don't know. Man, I don't know. it's... Fuck this whole movie. Anyway, uh, then Ryan Felipe pulls over and drags the black guy's body out of his car and dumps him by the side of the road, I guess. Yeah. And then that's the body that you find that later. That they find in the beginning. Get it? Yeah. Da, 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 da. I figured that out at that point, although then there's another reveal later. But yeah, yeah, I was like, great, cool. That's that body. That rules. <laughs> Check. Uh, then Luda, meanwhile, um, doesn't know where his the... friend is. I mean, I mean, it's just like, great. His friend's dead. He doesn't know. Right. This movie just is sad in stupid ways where like nothing yeah. matters. It's right. Uh, Luda takes the bus back to the Asian guy's van. Yeah. And he steals it. 
because uh, yeah. the guy left the keys in, in the car door. I think it's more like he's driving by in the bus and sees the keys are in the in the door of the van. And sure. then he jump, jumps off the bus and is like, I'll steal this car because the keys are right here. So sure. Yeah. So he just goes right. ahead and starts it up and drives it to the Russian chop shop and drops yes. it off. Then the Asian lady from the beginning yeah she shows up to the er the very beginning yes yeah the, remember the first racism we saw um she shows <laughs> up to the er there have been so many racisms <laughs> but remember the very first racism <laughs> the adam and eve of racism well that lady's back yeah she shows up to the er the older asian guy is her husband yeah and they have like a, a brief genuinely cute moment yeah and except I was like, oh, this then, is kind of nice. <laughs> except then he's like, hey, quick, go cash this check that I got. Yeah. And we're like, OK. Um, then it turns out his van is full of fucking people. Yeah. It's that he was going to sell into slavery. Immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy is a fucking bad person, too, who's running <laughs> some sort of slave ring. Great. Which like, that was that was the part where we just were, are you fucking kidding me yeah, on Twitter? Like, I it was just. Okay, so, like, the Russian guy opens up the back of the van, and there's, like, you yeah. know, ten people in there. Women, children. Yeah. Cambodian mm-hmm. immigrants just chilling in this van, and they're chained to the van. Looking terrified. Yeah, and the chop shop guy, to Ludacris, is like, I'll pay you 500 for each one of them. Mm-hmm. And Ludacris is, is the bigger person, and he's like, no. <laughs> Doesn't engage in slave trade, which Decides is cool Decides not to do that, which, great, cool. And then he drives to Chinatown. I mean, I don't know what order this happens. That's in. later. Okay. Yeah. It cut. It like cuts to Luda's face and he's like thinking about it. Yeah. Like we don't know <laughs> like, yet what he's going to decide. Okay. Right. There's a scene of Don Cheadle with his mom and they're mm-hmm. at like the morgue or the hospital or something. Yeah. Uh, the hospital. I yeah. Think. And it turns out the dead guy, Ludacris's friend, it was Don Cheadle's brother. Yep. Surprise. Get it? surprise it was his brother the brother who is a criminal that was Chris's friend yes and And so his mom starts sobbing and is really upset it's really sad it's sad yeah and she blames Don Cheadle for not taking care of his brother and Mm -hmm. bringing him back home and she's also like but he did come home the last thing he did before he died was he got me groceries and Don Cheadle doesn't correct her because it's like fuck it she wants to blame somebody she can blame Don Cheadle I guess it's really sad and it's sad for no reason like again it's like why does this movie do this it's just things are sad and they're happening and it doesn't matter everything's horrible and you're just supposed to feel horrible about it yeah Yeah. great cool but but people enjoy i don't people are fucked up and then um (laughs) yeah we go (laughs) they are uh then it uh, turns out that the shopkeeper's daughter is a doctor yeah at the hospital yeah wow okay you think a woman would be a doctor <laughs> least of all this woman who's not white mm-hmm. huh i don't know and she anyway she's at a doctor the <laughs> at the hospital she gets a call and we're like okay um she goes to see her shopkeeper dad and mm-hmm. he's like hey guess what i almost killed a child today <laughs> yeah, but like, i didn't what the fuck <laughs> and he's like I was saved. An angel saved me or something like that. And she that's that's when you probably just missed it. But that's when the camera pans over to show that there are blanks in the gun. Oh, it's this scene. Wow. Um, Then we're back to Sandra 
and she oh. she calls oh. her husband Brandon Fraser, oh. and she's like she's like guess what happened I fell down the stairs he's like I'll I'll come home to help and she's like no it's okay Maria helped me cool and <laughs> <laughs> and like Maria's there like giving her food and like I yeah. guess she took her to the ER and stuff yeah and she's like I can't believe like no one no one came I for me all I, my other friends and none of them yeah. would help me and Brendan's yeah. like wow. And then is this when she <laughs> makes like, you think <laughs> it's this ends with her like hugging Maria for like an, for, like, an uncomfortably long yeah. time. And weirdly, we don't see Maria's face during this. Yeah, hug. we just it's see really Bullock's, uncomfortable like, crying face. And it's like the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Like this it's disgusting. poor woman. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> why does she have to work for this horrible woman and that's the end of sandra bullock's plotline is her hugging her housekeeper like against her housekeeper's and will and crying <laughs> and we're supposed to be like wow she doesn't have any other friends this woman's not her fucking friend no she's her fucking employee she needs her money to survive yeah. like like fuck you it's not it's not a situation where equals are showing each other compassion it's a situation where like a woman is being exploited yeah and also just like fuck this entire plot line like nothing yeah. even happens in it sandra bullock no. is racist and then falls down the stairs like that's not and a she story. doesn't die unfortunately <laughs> it's not a storyline it's not a plot movie then we get we get a scene of ryan felipe lighting his car on fire to burn the evidence yeah uh, yeah, cool. Like you do. Then we get then we get a montage of like different characters. Like, oh, we get like the racist cop, his dad still can't pee. <laughs> and then uh we get like um the locksmith and he's like his daughter's asleep and he's like worried, like yeah. looking out the window. Yeah. Um and it's like, wow, look at all these people. Great. <laughs> they all uh, have horrible lives. They all live in this <laughs> movie's world where everything is terrible. We've made yes. them deal with this bullshit. Look at mm -hmm. this. Yeah, look at him. Uh, and then Luda shows up in Chinatown and uh, lets all the slaves go. And then he like gives money to one of them, and he's like, "Buy them all some chop suey or something, Chinaman." And it's like, what the fuck? You're gonna be racist to the last <laughs> moment, Ludacris? <laughs> Is it supposed to be like, wow, they got he hit that man? I guess because so then he's able to save these people. I guess I mean, I don't even know. I guess it's supposed yeah. to be like he figured it out. I don't know. I don't. It makes you think. Like, is vehicular manslaughter that God. bad? Yeah. It's actually just people reaching out to each other. Everyone you know? just wants to crash into each other, feel something. I mean, I do so. think that is the metaphor for racism in the movie is that it's like, yeah, it's like a car crash. Like we're all just fucking up really badly, but in a way something good might come of it, which is like us all getting Yikes. to know each other. Like, I don't know. I felt like that was what was being said. And I was like, really really and so there's all these shots of these cambodian immigrants like dramatically looking at chinatown and being like wow and like seeming overwhelmed and stuff and ludicrous says Which like welcome weird. to america or something and i'm like right they are fucked <laughs> they are fucked yeah dude. absolutely absolutely they are like um, we're just gonna drop them off here like what are you mm -hmm. doing 
I don't I don't know but we're supposed to be moved by it and be like they're gonna figure it out because that's the American dream you know (laughs) everybody gets an equal shot in America that's what this movie says and is about and shows and it's cool equality you know yeah then our the very last thing that happens (laughs) Luda drives away and then there's a car crash, another car crash. Yep. Somebody's rear-ended somebody. Well, it turns out it's the black lady from the insurance company. Uh-huh. And she's racist, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> she starts yelling at the Asian driver and being like, you need to speak English if you're going to talk to me. Right. And I think they, by this point, I was just like, I'm fucking done. I wasn't even listening <laughs> to what was being said anymore. I was just like, I was like, this movie's over now. Fuck this movie. I fuck everything yeah. in it. And it like, it like zooms out yeah. and it's like, and there's like a fun little stuff. tune is playing. Uh, just fun, fun yeah. stuff. I, people like this. It's incredible. I, it's like, I don't, I don't understand you can watch this movie without being, like, deeply upset about what's happening to you. Like, how can you, how can you t- take it as, like, a positive experience and not, like, an affront to your humanity? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, much like Green Book, though, it does feel like a movie written by someone who has never actually spoken to a person of color. Yeah. Maybe ever, really. Right. Yeah, I think I just end the sentence there. Yeah. It feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> it feels it sure like a does. movie by like a white person who has only ever talked to other white people and also one time his car got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I get it now. I can write about this now. He does get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does he? No. You know, I, anyway, uh, I guess I guess it is true that Michael Pena was good, though. So he's fine. In a sense, the movie isn't racist. Because Michael Pena's in it, and so that's what's important, and that's what's good about it. And if I ever meet somebody who likes this movie, I don't know what I'll say to them. Stay the fuck away from them. They're they've I, got bodies think, in their basement. I've gotta like prepare some shit. Like at least with <laughs> Green Book, I yeah, like at least with Green Book, I'm kind of like, all right, like I know what arguments I would make. Like I know what I would say if I ended up in a conversation with a white person who liked Green Book, and like how I would present it yeah but with this i have to really think about it i i don't know no. like this movie is just presenting really horrific things and not even really commenting on them yeah and if anything saying that racism it's weird because it says at some point it's almost like implying that racism doesn't really exist at some points but then mm-hmm. also at the same time does that's right. what's really weird about it it's, it's saying it's saying racism only exists in this particular fashion and people who try to like bring it to a larger structural issue are just like projecting mm-hmm. basically, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm not glad I saw this. No, but... I don't know how I'll ever <laughs> be the same ever again. I, I need to go on a vacation far away. Yeah. yeah I guess we both do. Um, yeah. well anyway, people should support our Patreon. <laughs> yes. Should. because we did something horrible yeah to ourselves you should support us mm-hmm. i haven't looked up the five dollar people because you know what past few days have just been a fugue state of me thinking about this horrible movie <laughs> and i wasn't really thinking about anything else it's okay it's okay but we give shout outs to people who back us at five dollars and above we'll and i will put we'll those shout outs here i'll yeah. add them in 
oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be reading a few of these names and not talking about the movie Crash. So let's get to it. The people who have backed us at $5 or above since the last episode are KJ, Chris McCollister, Chloe Thomas, and Amy Law. Thank you so much to those people and everybody else who's backing our Patreon right now. We really, really appreciate it. Great. Um, and we have we have other cool rewards on there mm-hmm. for other levels. So you should check it out and give us money if you can afford to do so. But whether or not you can, you can always follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's Watch 2 on there. Mm-hmm. And we're individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. I'm at Alyssa Caliente. And we have an email address, which is Let's Watch 2 Movies at gmail.com. God, cool. this movie's so bad, Mary Ellen. I just feel so sad now. Yeah. I feel like I feel like something has happened to me. You know, like <laughs> you know, like Annihilation where she goes into the bubble and she comes out and she's like a little fucked up? Like I feel like that yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not the same me that went into Crash, you know? It's pretty, it's upsetting that it won anything. I feel differently about it than I did about The Departed. Yeah. I feel way worse. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, It's going to take some time. I think next time we should pick some stuff we like. (laughs) Yeah, maybe (laughs) next time we should pick some movies that are good. Yeah. Or at least one movie that's good and a bad movie. As yeah. opposed to two bad movies. This was tough. This took a lot out of me. Yeah, we can't do this again. No. Ever. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, until next time, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be watching, watching two, two movies. movies. Wow. I'm sorry we watched this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'll be okay anytime soon.